on this episode. Yeah, you got to know where to go when you're making certain stuff. Like when I wanted to learn how to make really good mac and cheese, like the kind of mac and cheese that'll just kill you in one sitting. Yes. I went on YouTube and I tried to find the ghetto ass dude, the ghetto yes. ass who lived yes. in the hood, who's like, this is Uncle Max mac and cheese, yo. Like this is the best <laughs> shit in the hood. Everybody that come to my place, the- come for my mac and cheese. I made that shit. Everybody's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> this is the best fucking mac and cheese I ever had. I was like, it's you think Mac Big Mac? He lives down there on 8 Mile. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special live from Sharpstown, Houston area. I think that's what it's called. Uh, edition of No Country for Old Mark and Juan. I am your host, Mark Pearson, and this is my heavy breathing co host. Juan Carlos Calderon Morales Smith Sanchez Escobar. <laughs> uh, real quick before we get into everything, let's just breeze through the uh, thing. We need uh, reviews, please. Hit us up. I love it when you reach out to us. And uh, yeah, we are. Uh, we love it when you reach out to us. I'm reading my notes here and I didn't want to say that. So thanks, Mark, for writing down notes that you didn't want to say. Awesome! Hit us up on Facebook.com slash No Country Podcast. Uh, you can Instagram us at No Country Podcast. There's some underscores in there. I believe it's at No underscore Country underscore Podcast. Twitter at Podcast underscore Country. Email us at No Country Podcast at gmail.com. You can call us on the voicemail at 346 291 0050. And I got a, uh, we got a voicemail this last week, and it was a a robot talking in Chinese. So thank you, Chinese robot, for listening to the show. I'm sure it's some sort of Asian telemarketing. I'm not exactly sure. They probably want to, you know, make sure that my car's extended warranty is still being paid for. I'm sure that's what it is. But anyways, now that all that is out of the way, uh, we have two (laughs) special guests (laughs) Is your car Asian? Why are you picking on Asian people, man? I'm not. The call was the call was, was Asian. Was I couldn't question. understand it. Oh, just because so, it happened to be was in Chinese. Voice mail for your car. <laughs> like my car's made in Detroit. Ironically. Oh, enough. then you better definitely get some coverage, son. There's <laughs> <laughs> some lazy motherfuckers over here, and there's a strike. People getting ugly. So. Yeah, I saw the strike uh, on my Instagram feed. Uh, anyways, I would like to welcome. Two of my very close friends here, uh, the fine, uh, well, I should say, well, yes, the both fine, Lenny fine. and Tamika Caston-Miller. Tamika has a podcast called Think, Flow, Grow, which I did a guest spot on a couple months ago, and I wanted to have them on here, and they're two really solid friends of mine. Uh, I just wanted to talk a little bit about friendship today because it's been a really cool experience the last several, I don't know, years of my life, and really learning, you know, what really makes someone your friend. Like some people think a friend is someone who's going to, you know, just hang out with you or just talk to you. But to me, friendship goes a whole lot deeper. Like, uh, you know, who can you actually count on? Are you, or is a, a friend is someone that you're going to be there for? And actually Tamika and I, uh, the reason I think Tamika and I really grew into friendship was because Tamika was one of the first people after I moved to Houston that actually just gave a crap. Um, she was one of the first people that engaged me and didn't. You still there, Juan? Yeah, I'm just wondering how she did that because you're oh, okay. a scary well. white dude. <laughs> <laughs> Tall, no, yeah. white, it bald. Was, it was without mm. a ring. 
So it was it was lovely. <laughs> right on. Uh, she a uh, we it was at a yoga class actually, and she uh, just after the class was like, "Hey, you know, where are you from? I haven't seen you around before." And we just started talking. And I just shared like a brief story and she uh, just, we kind of just hit it off from there and kind of got to know each other more through more uh, yoga classes. And you tell you lived in California over them fucking yoga classes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, sure as hell, I can't be in no yoga class. (laughs) You know, we do yoga in Texas too. You know, I bet they have yoga over there. Oh, I bet they do. I just can't go. (laughs) (laughs) usually i was one of the if not the lone man or one of two most of the time but that still never stopped me from going and there was like there's the different kind of yoga teachers there's the ones that don't talk to you and interact with you at all they just go through their you know go through their set i forgot what it's called sorry i'm having a brain fart right now i'm so tired i've barely slept the last two days (laughs) (laughs) so the uh then there's the ones that are like fake nice just because they want you to come to like another one of their classes and nothing wrong with that. I mean, I understand you want people to come to your classes and you want to be successful. And then there was like Tamika and Tamika was genuine and Tamika like actually would be like, oh, hey, you know, we should hang out and this or that. So we like started hanging out a little bit. But then what really we kind of bonded over a tragedy. Uh, her mom passed away. What was it? Two years ago. Almost, 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 not yet, not, not yet too. Okay, I was like, two I, year I, mark. Just, I knew it was longer than a year, but then I was mm-hmm. like, I don't think. But anyways, she had like sent me a message, and I had saw on Facebook, and she said, you know, if you want to come to like they were having a memorial service, and then afterwards having like a get together at her house. So I went down there. You just showed up. Yeah, and one thing I don't like is uh, being in large groups of people where I don't know anybody. So that was like. Mm-hmm. Super out of my comfort zone, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to go here for Tamika because I only knew you and Lenny, and I met Joie like one time. Joie is Tamika's daughter. So I was like, I really don't know anybody except for two people, but I was like, I'm still going to go. I'm still going to be supportive. And I just like hung out. Mostly I just like sat there and ate food and was just like, <laughs> surprise. <laughs> but he showed up. I mean, Talk he about up. this tragedy. But he showed up with salsa. He showed up. I did. And coffee. Oh, see, that's the, that's a pimp move. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I have, I mean, as other listeners know, I lost my mother like 14 years ago. So I know what it's like to lose a family member that you really love and are really close to. So I was like, okay, this is something I can identify with. So I knew from my own personal experience that one thing you really need during a time like that is you just need someone to be there. Like, you don't need someone there to tell you what to do or how to fix it. You just need, really, you just need people to listen, mostly. And sometimes you just need people to just be there. Like, you just need to not be alone. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was just really important for me. And I thought, at first, I thought, oh, I'll get there like around lunchtime and I'll probably leave you know, in a couple hours. And I stayed there till like nine or 10 o'clock because I was just like, it's not time yet. I was just like, it doesn't. It doesn't feel right. Like I was just like, and then eventually people left and it was just like a few of us left. And that was actually something Tamika said later on. She said, you were just there. And I really appreciated that. And that's like, that was like the beginning of like, okay, these are people I can really connect with. With Lenny, it's more of a shared dad jokes and <laughs> cornball off the wall humor that Tamika dad rolls her eye jokes. on. Yeah. Hey, you know, <laughs> that's it. A lot of, I heard there's a lot of dick jokes over there. Yeah, that and dick jokes. 
The army's strong anyway. What can I say? Yeah. <laughs> Lenny and I also share a lot of common interest in fixing things. So, like, when something breaks, we're both like, hey, where's the tools? Let's see how we can fix this pantry door or stuff like that. Granddad taught me right. Heck yeah. <laughs> and I'm very good at pointing out what needs to be fixed. So mm-hmm. I'm like, so, Mark, look at this door that doesn't want to shut all the way. I know you're here for food, but here's a toolbox. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn, you're you're Mr. Furley. That's great. <laughs> he's our husband. He's our, no, he's Jack. Yeah. <laughs> he kind of is Jack. <laughs> Just stumbling around, falling in the ass. Has no idea what happened. Uh, Accurate. I'm we, totally Larry, motherfucker. It's just one sexual disappointment after another. But you know what? Jack is such a great person in history because he just proves to all men that you can do worse. Like, how are you going to live with two single women uh-huh. and never hit either of them? Like they were clearly available women, yeah, and they were theoretically all straight, and and somehow they just were friends the whole time. Yeah, that's some unrealistic shit for real. It's unrealistic because you I, I thought at first you meant like punch them, and I was like, yeah, I could see that. Like, I no, I mean, hit with two it. chicks and hit not punch it. one of them. I, no, you know. uh, see, that's why down. we don't have a lot of uh, female <laughs> listeners. <laughs> We actually have, I keep finding out we have more than I think we do. So I'm like, okay, people understand that we're joking. Yeah, they do. And they can take a punch, you know. (laughs) I know my my wife can hand them out, you know. (laughs) We heard about that. Yeah, Yeah. listen to the bonus episode. Yes, listen to that one. But yeah, so you're the Jack to us, to the Chrissy and the other one, the ugly one. (laughs) The ugly one. Oh, that's that stuff. You mean Janet? Poor Janet. Yeah, oh, yeah. that was her name. Yeah, oh. yeah, that was you so You like tri- the underdog, huh? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I go for the uh, the uh, the sad ones. <laughs> for all the listeners under 30, we're talking about Three's Company. Exactly. <laughs> right? So you forget about that. Very far over 30, but I vaguely, barely connected the dots to what you were talking about. There's a teenty tiny age I might be the baby here. Yeah, well, my wife turns uh, 33 on Wednesday. So I'm well, used I to that. I have her by a year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, So I'm used to the gap where I go, oh, I know. it's It was in black and white. I'm sorry, honey. <laughs> so she had but... to watch a lot of classic television before we could hang out. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is, that's, yeah. Well, like. Another thing that I really appreciate about like having good my I should say like the friends that I can really count on are friends who can tell me the truth even when they know it's going to be something I don't want to hear. I think Juan, that's why you and I are such good friends because you have you're just like no holds barred. You're going to say whatever, you know, you think. No, really? <laughs> <laughs> and Tamika's the same way too. Tamika is just like you might not like this, but this is what I think or this is what I see. And I appreciate honesty because I don't want my friends to just say whatever they think I want to say because that's not your friend. If a friend, if if you know, I know I know several people who are like, oh, well, I'm gonna go talk to this person because they're just gonna tell me what I want to hear. That's not what they say, but really, you can tell by their actions. That's what a lot of people want. 
it just want reinforcement for bad whatever they're trying to do. Ideas. Yeah, for <laughs> their ideas. idiocy yeah. and bad choices. And I try to surround myself with the opposite. And so, like, I I have some friends who would probably just tell me whatever I wanted to hear because you know I have lots of friends, but. The people those really are, those would be on. your white friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually true. We have Costa Rican and... <laughs> it's not racism when there's truth behind it. Right? <laughs> I mean, Lenny, is this a thing? You're, you're the other white person. In this. <laughs> is what a thing? Where you just tell people what they want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... <laughs> My family may or may not resemble that. (laughs) (laughs) What is it with your family not doing conflict? The thing is, is that I feel that I'm going to prevent you from making a bigger mistake that's going to embarrass you in a bigger way or cause bigger heartbreak. Yeah. But I also always just yoga him. So I'll be like, well, is that true? (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh really tell me more and then the inner dialogue in my brain goes damn it <laughs> or I'll just respond with hmm <laughs> and he'll be like well you're right and I'm like I said nothing I said nothing <laughs> but yeah I don't think friendship is about creating fans and no. I think that that's something that people do a lot is that they actually just want they want fans like oh we love everything you do you know and uh, it doesn't help anyone because no one grows that way exactly you know yeah you don't yeah no one says that to me <laughs> ever Come on, yay you're doing great yeah. they're like well he's still not in jail or dead so <laughs> doing doing pretty that's good something, that's something it is it really is these days come on i don't got a single felony yet son <laughs> I feel Yay, pretty good about it. You're doing great, Juan. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> the bar is low. <laughs> I'm 100% Costa Rican. It's just a miracle I haven't landed in jail at least once or twice. You know? Look, nobody knows where. The only reason why people even know where Costa Rica is is because so many privileged people go there. True. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a vaca- vacation spot. Yeah, they're like, oh, you're from that vacation spot. Is that in Cancun? It's like they got a lot of bananas, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird because like it really is a small country and you just, you know, I very rarely meet people that are, you know, 100%. It's kind of strange when I do because then I feel like I got to be authentic all of a sudden. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. Well, I hate no. to tell you this, but we are very familiar with Costa Rica, so you're being judged right now. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God. No, like a couple of years back, it was actually, it was Mark's aunt was at a church or something. And she had some friends come from Costa Rica and I met them. And I guess by the way that I speak with my hands and I, you know, bounce around and dance a lot for change. I think that they, they <laughs> felt like she comes up to me, and I was nervous because I'm like, oh, they're from there. I feel like a complete poser. And then comfortingly later, the mother comes and was like, I just wanted you to know, you are just like the guys at home. And I felt so happy because I was like, oh, it is in there somewhere. <laughs> okay. Sure. There are weird people everywhere. That's right. <laughs> it's like there is a land of short, fat guys somewhere. A land of short, fat guys? I have to admit, I've never seen anyone who was 
heavy set in Costa Rica. Wow. Diet yeah. Pepsi can do that to you. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Real. Being a rich American does that to you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's true. When you, you know how it is when you go to a third country and you look like me? They know you got cash. <laughs> yeah. They're like, look at the size of his ass. Dude, he's got a huge wallet. It's like he gets extra all the time. He's not starving. I feel that this is why he gets really great service. And when I'm in Latin America, they're like, oh, she has cash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, they, when I was in Ghana, it was like that. Yeah. Man, them women used to come out of the bushes. <laughs> But you know what's crazy? I'm like, I'm trying to get some Jesus result. over here in church. Don't be trying to drag me outside and do despicable shit to me. <laughs> that actually happened. But we were we were in Brazil. Lenny and I were in Brazil. Yeah. So for those of you who can't tell by our voices, Lenny is white and blonde. What? Um, you know, I know it's hard to ascertain what a person looks like. Oh no, no, that voice is clearly <laughs> clearly and blonde. We're in Brazil, and I speak Portuguese, and Lenny doesn't because. Hashtag American education. And um, and so we're, in, we're, oh, damn. we're there. And I'm speaking Portuguese and like telling her the things. And then the people would look at her and they would speak to her. Yeah. And then they, and I'm like, hello. Like I'm the one who's doing the speaking. And then our friend who's Brazilian, he said, they think that you're her servant. Oh. <laughs> can you believe that? Yes, I can. Yes, I can. <laughs> but we also uh, got that in can't... Spain as well. We did oh really? Yeah, they thought that I was English. Okay. Now like, to make yeah. to make this fair, I'm <laughs> seeing her for the first time, and clearly, if it's a it's a Hitler wet dream. This she's, <laughs> yes, she's, yes. she's beautifully blonde and white. She's just, and blue eyes. Yeah. Yes, like literally, like <laughs> as Aryan as you could look. She would have survived for sure. <laughs> and then to me, because like this, like smooth. <laughs> Chocolate, dark and lovely That's on the right. cover. Dreads. Oh, not dreads. No, you're too pretty for that. I do I have dreads, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and her last name is Miller. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. It's like German AF. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's probably um, really good at math. American. <laughs> That's how I feel too, you know, because nowadays it's like there is no, there's no pure really anything anymore. No. Very rarely do you mm-hmm. run into anyone who's pure anything, you know. And even even a Costa Rican is not. There's not just a Costa Rican. It's still a mixture of other things. Mm-hmm. So there's really, you know, the idea that it's still ironically funny to me almost that people are still racist about color because like, how can we see color anymore? I can't even. You, everyone's so. There's no just different shades of brown and Mm -hmm. and like peach and stuff. Actually, that's one of the things that I really loved about Mark was that, you know, you you had more experience. We actually talked about this on my podcast. You had more experience in Africa than a lot of black people I know. (laughs) And I was like, so how is it? You know, (laughs) I mean, I've been to Morocco, but that's it. You know, I've been, you know, and I love the fact that you have so much diversity in your life and love for it. It was, it was really attractive to me as a friend because I knew that I wouldn't have to always explain black shit to him. Yeah. Yes. No, <laughs> when like, you got a sister that's literally like the coffee goddess, you know, explain to do after that. Yeah, all he does is just slide over a cup of coffee to a couple of brothers. They're like, oh shit, <laughs> it's for real. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. it's, and his dad is funny, you know, because he's got adoptive sisters from Africa. Mm, and yeah. his dad is the nicest human being ever. But, 
if I was just to look at him, he is the, one of the scariest looking white people because <laughs> he's like the old white guy with a nice beard and he just, he looks so nice. And I'm the whole time, I'm just like, oh man, I'm end up in a freezer. <laughs> so, he can't really be nice that be nice, is he? <laughs> but he is that nice. It's just like. You know what? I'm actually worried about Mark snapping one day because, like, you're a little too nice. And I have this theory that when people are too nice, they're actually just a little, you know, they're like going to snap and just like, you know. I I, know. Okay, I see, so you're literally average. feeding. She's feeding into my whole theory. <laughs> that is yes. what makes the air like you're surrounded right now. That's danger zone. Like mm-hmm. somebody go, and the thing is, like when that switch gets flipped, I'm the quiet person or the person that's always nice. Yeah. Like the time that like his brother flipped and like choke slammed a dude. Like yeah. his, his own kids can't comprehend that because it's yeah. like he's too nice. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's in Mark to say he's like so nice and average is like, but I'll I'll be scared. <laughs> yeah, but that happens like once every like five years. And the thing snap. is, is I've learned, yeah, like something will just get to me so much I'll snap. But the thing is, is I've learned from those experiences, like I can avoid that by not just bottling it up inside. Because it used to be in the past, I would just bottle it up inside. And so now I'm like, okay, I'm irritated about something. I'm angry about something. I'm hurting, whatever it is. I need to go talk to a therapist or I need to go talk to a counselor because then there's, you know, an unbiased third party that you can talk to and That's get still all that so stuff nice. out. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, That's I'm true. about to go talk to that person right uh, now. Yeah, I'm going to talk to everybody until I feel better about this situation. <laughs> I find out who started shit. I'm going to look directly to your house. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're going to resolve it. We are going to resolve it or nobody's sleeping. <laughs> did you did you hear the realness? In that side. <laughs> <laughs> that Why are you real. asleep? We're still mad. We are still mad. She's like, you might out. be mad. She's like, bitch, I'm sleepy. I'm, <laughs> yep. I'm going to bed. You be mad well, I'm not want. sleeping now, no, though. I can't sleep. Nobody's sleeping. We're all going to be awake. <laughs> this marriage truth right there. Hey, this, this is better than what it could be. I could roll up to your job and get you fired. I mean, that's how my <laughs> counterparts usually do it. It's you true. Know what I'm saying? It's unfortunately. So I'll bring you a cake or I'll bring you some fists. No, you know what I'm saying? Not literally. I've never, I've never. I'll be like, I'll be checking for razor blades in that cake, though. (laughs) Nah, she's sweet. Yeah, well, she. She'll get get me out of Shawshank. She'll get me out of Shawshank. No, but I, I, I think that and that's why that's, I think that's why <laughs> What did you say? She said you can't bake I can bake, I just choose not to bake Have you seen the no, size you of my cook, hips? You can cook, baby, but you don't bake well I've literally never baked for this woman She didn't know what I can do I'm gonna bake some pie As soon as we, and nobody's gonna sleep Until it's made <laughs> She's over there whipping. You gonna eat this pie? You gonna eat this pie? You gonna eat, eat it? Best pie you ever had. Okay. <laughs> I think this is the beauty, though, of having friends that are like uh, have have come from different backgrounds, mm-hmm. and you know, because I, I mean, look, I mean, it sounds terrible, but the fact of the matter is that like black people and Latinos are far far more likely to call you on your shit. To, to to and to <clears throat> just kind of be outwardly expressive with hands and with whatever. Whereas, yeah. you know, a lot of white folks are kind of like, okay, yes, I hear you. No conflict zones. 
But when you come together, you can bring out the best in one another. Like, you know, certainly you have a calming presence to you, you know, and, and that's important. Otherwise I'm screaming all the time and Hey, someone's got to talk to the police. <laughs> just like true, and it'll like, be me. Just like it'll Chappelle said, you need that white friend. <laughs> no, let me tell you, that is where I come in handy because I am a woman who's very voluptuous, and I always talk to the police. That's where voluptuous it, it, it outdoes color. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, marinate on that for a minute. <laughs> and you're a really good saleswoman. Yeah, I do. I am. That is true. <laughs> I'm just the guy that can get you out of Walmart without them checking your receipt. <laughs> oh, no, they check me every day. <laughs> and got... literally any department. So. Yeah, that's right. right. <laughs> what you going to oh, do no, with that sir, you're fine. Oh, I've got this free TV. Okay, mm-hmm. thank you. <laughs> I, I, actually, I was like, I could actually part... take a TV for, your, for, 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 for free just because I'm white. I'm like, how's terrible you is that? You can walk out with very expensive electronics and yeah. you're like, Where, where's your receipt? Oh, it's in my back pocket, but I can't reach it. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're like frisking everyone else. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's probably wadded up there in all the cash. <laughs> <laughs> this is why Ocean's 11 and 12 movies work, because it's always a multicultural cast. That's true. People wouldn't get away if they were all black people. They'd be like, I wouldn't get past the first scene. <laughs> just be like, they all just get caught. They uh, one of them gets shot by the cops. And, you know, that's why it's, it's why it's only been until recent years when there's been like a lot of really heavily black casted horror movies because there's nobody because smarter in a horror situation. Than a black person. They're like, oh, oh, don't go in that basement. We know how the story is. We don't know what's in there. Why are you going in that cat? Take us out first. They wouldn't even end it up in the woods. What are you doing? (laughs) I'm literally never going to the woods where no people are around. Why? What's the point? When he wanted to get a house in the middle of nowhere, she's like, our next neighbors are like, an acre or two away. I'm like, that's not good. That's not good. Lenny, you and I think the same way. We're both oh, from see, Northern I'm... California, too. Yeah. Oh, okay, that explains. Because I'm paranoid. I've been from the city my whole life. I'm thinking, like, my friend's like, wait, how many acres? Oh, no, there's too many trees between Lenny, me and that neighbor. If Lenny I'm black. And I, mm-mm, mm-mm, Lenny and I are thinking about where we're going to set up the gun range, where we're going to, like, dig traps. No, I'm kidding. My dad did build me a gun range when I was little, actually. <laughs> where I learned to hunt <laughs> my marksman on point. I actually am learning about this for the first time right That's now. That's where she learned how to hunt. It's at the others. bottom of the 8.9 acres I grew up on. No. You notice it's at the bottom, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's in the back. It's in the back. This is why it's I by the with... abandoned man sh- uh, mine shafts, just in case. I see this one I open literally whenever I'm over there. I'm like, I don't trust this situation. <laughs> oh, shit. Hold on. Because I don't know where the guns are. They know where they are. Don't worry, I do. (laughs) Of course she does. (laughs) This is why I'm on my best behavior. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I know where the ammo is, too. I'm the unarmed one. (laughs) See, and you know why? It's like, you're like the more like out, but she's scary. (laughs) She smiles. I told you the army goes strong. That's right. See? But you know what? She may have arms. (laughs) I've got the temper that'll just make you like kill yourself. Like you'll just be like, just shut up already. God, just let me take my own self out. (laughs) Yes, yes. No, I know how I know how she feels because I have a wife like that who is just like the 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 drama level so high. It's like it's not worth the fight. (laughs) 
You're just like, you know what, whatever it was, baby, you're right. I don't even care. I'm just trying to get to bed. She's not really like super dramaful, but she'll like analyze a subject or a topic and she'll just like wordsmith it to death. So you just want her to like stop. Words matter. <laughs> words matter. If you get the gifs, it's different. No, and you know that too because you have a podcast. It's like yes. this idea that we really have freedom of speech is bullshit because yeah. I'm scared you. every week. I'm like, oh Lord. <laughs> I'm like, Mark, you're going to edit that out, right? You're going to edit that out. And then he saw, I was like, no, I'm going to leave it in. Yeah. The FBI is probably recording this <laughs> right probably. now. Speaking of that, I went to a two li- <laughs> I went to two live podcasts this weekend. Uh, this I went and saw a small town murder twice and here in Houston and then once in Dallas. And both times they said things where I was like, probably shouldn't have said that, dude. Like I was like, I have a podcast and I would be editing that out. And they're like laughing. And I'm like, and I was actually really surprised because they don't say stuff like that during their podcast. But I was like, but they say it during live shows. I was like, dude, you're pushing this a little far. But it was still really, really funny and really enjoyable. And then Andy threw a can of peanuts at him, which was hilarious. Mm. But Maybe they do say it, but they just edit it. They down. probably do. I mean. Yeah, but if it's alive. Andy can throw me a can oh, of peanuts no. like that any day. <laughs> is he an elephant? Like, no. is the co-host an elephant? I'm confused about the peanuts. So, so... <laughs> So before the show, like Andy, he was on a previous episode of our podcast, and uh, Andy and I really enjoyed the. Small oh, time was that Andy? Andy? Of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes so, sense now. Yeah. So Andy and I, I introduced Andy to the show like six months ago. I was like, "Hey, do you want to go to see the? <laughs> do you want to go see the Small Town Murder Live?" And he was like, "Yeah." So then, like two minutes before we're leaving, going into the show. He like pulls out a plastic bag, puts some weed in it, puts an edible in it, and he's like, I'm going to write a note. And I was like, why? He goes, I'm going to try and give it to James. He's like, because I know James likes weed. And he's like, and I'm just going to say that, you know, I want him to not listen to your podcast, but not make fun of it. And I was like, he's just going to make fun of it. <laughs> so that was like, but we don't have meet and greet tickets. And unless we like find him, we might not get, he's like, I'll figure out something. So we're there, get there. We wait. We're up front. We were like the second row. <coughs> the show starts. They come on stage. Everyone's like clapping and cheering. And he's like, I'm going to rush up on stage. And I was like, probably shouldn't do that. He's like, I'll, I'll risk it. And I was like, dude, I don't see any security. But I was like, maybe you go up and hand it to him. But I was like, I don't know. Like, some, like you never know. They, you might get kicked out for that. So he just stands up, raises his one hand, and stands there like a statue. And so then his wife is like poking him and grabbing him and trying to pull him down. And so they're sitting there like introducing each other. And finally, Jimmy goes, who the hell is this weird guy staring at you, James? And James, can I help you? And he goes, I have a gift for you. And he goes, oh, okay. And he throws it at him. And he lost it in the spotlight. hits him in the arm. He's like, oh, it's a can of peanuts. Okay. And he sets it down. But I, uh, I guess he got Andy's note, and that's what really mattered. And yeah, I was kind of flattered that Andy uh, uh, wanted to share the podcast with him. I was like, I'll share it with him if I talk to him. But you know, wow, that's a friend right there. Oh yeah, showing up for you. Yeah, <laughs> Erica was like, I'm so embarrassed. His wife. <laughs> Sometimes you got to take one for the team. Oh yeah. But it was it was pretty funny because Andy's this well if you've heard the podcast where Andy was in it you he's this you've heard his personality if you don't go back and listen to it it's a uh, 
it's like five or six episodes ago. Mm. He has a very specific a uh, demeanor and kind of dry sense of humor. A lot of dad jokes, and he he was just so very just persistent in just not sitting down. And then that was like, well, I guess persistence can pay off sometimes. Absolutely. But or land you in jail, one or the other. I don't think it would have landed him in jail, but no, I'm not talking about that <laughs> moment. But I'm just saying persistence in general can That's also true. be stalking. I okay, mean, we weren't going there. I'm just saying, it's not a, it's not an and all, be all. That's true. Sometimes accepting no is good. <laughs> That's true. Very, very. I mean, true. I'm a woman, so I have a different, different perspective. perspective on persistence. Very true. See, penile privilege. Juan probably has <laughs> never had anybody stalk him. I'm sure. Have you? Ah, uh, twice. What? I have yeah. not heard this. Yeah, it's it was pe- a long it's time ago. Taco. There was a time when I wasn't this shape. <laughs> there was a time when I was not this shape, and uh, yeah, I used to have. Sometimes girls would stalk me. Well, what? okay. In a nutshell, I used to be a performer, like an acrobat. I know that seems really weird, and uh, <laughs> but I used to I used to tour around. I competed for a while, and then I actually worked for a circus for a little while. What? Anyway, anyways, but I would ha- I had a couple women that like they would see me somewhere, and I toured all over the United States and Canada at the time. And were you in circus? They would show up Please at different states. <laughs> at the same women would show up at different states. I would you know be doing a show, and you know the lights would come down, and you'd see that the people in the very front. And I'm like, oh shit, that's the same girl. Where I'm not thinking like, where did I see her? Like, holy shit, that was like three states ago. And then they would try and talk to you again. And then I had a couple that, like, I don't don't remember how it all happened in a nutshell. It was a long time ago. But, like, they'd send me money and jewelry and weird shit just so that, like, I would try and so I would talk to them and everything. And then finally I was just like, ah. I I didn't know how to deal with that because that doesn't happen. This is when your wingman comes in and he just starts making out with you. That's how you. No, but see, that's just gonna bring on more trouble. Then, then I'm gonna get it from both sides. Well, true. Believe me, women typically don't say, "Can I watch?" (laughs) (laughs) They'll be like, "Oh, never mind, my bad." I have, I have some stories. Uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah, so that happened a couple times, but and it was weird. I the weird. It's weird when you're. Because now I'm not physically attractive. When I was, it, Stop it is. It. Yes, you are. Can we a, just, can we it's pause? A different, Stop that shit. <laughs> oh, no, what I'm saying was it was a different world then. Like you get treated. I When I was younger, I got treated like what, like a hot white girl would get treated like. Like I could be pumping gas. And if I took my shirt off, some woman would buy me gas. Shit like wow. that. I swear to God. And, and when I worked at certain jobs, I would, I would get hit on by everyone. You know, I had many, many of my friends who were gay who tried to turn me. There was a lot did of bun they, love. A lot of bun love for me. Tur- <laughs> did they try to turn you or were they just checking in? <laughs> you know, just like, are you straight? They were just they were just doing a gentle check in. Again, this is where persistence pays off. Does not work work well. well you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> no, they were they were always really cool with me. But it was always like, are you sure? <laughs> it was like, um, 
For today, yes, I'm sure. Today, I'm sure. <laughs> see, you didn't give a definitive answer, so that's why they kept so, checking back in. Exactly. Oh, see, I didn't realize I was being a tease. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yes. so, uh, no, and it was really bad, too, because we have, like, and I don't mean bad, but it was, like, almost funny because we would go, there was, like, a couple communities here that are primarily gay, right? Mm-hmm. And so a lot, anybody that's, like, homophobic just doesn't go to these places because they don't want to be around it or whatever. It's so stupid, but anyways... They're the best restaurants. I'm going. Yeah, so, you're gonna you know, eat well, you're but, gonna eat well. Everyone's gonna be dressed well. But, you know, I so mean. so true. And I love clothes. So like they would, I would get. I'm a little confusing. So, anyways, <laughs> you know. But they're this like, is but he beautiful looks beautiful so. about about again having friends that are different situations from you because then they also give you a perspective that you can appreciate. You know, you may not want to be hit on by your gay male friends or that might make you feel really great <laughs> no but i was good for my self-esteem uh yeah, I yeah. no no because they're very they're very picky and I, <laughs> so, no right. it was funny though because like we went to the restaurant and i would i would get stuff would happen to me that i could never live down like my friend still would like joke with me because this, this one waiter uh came up to me and this was way back and he just looks at me and goes and i i ordered a steak or something and he just leans in and goes do you like your meat hot? <laughs> like, <laughs> just drooling. Look, and that was just like, oh, I had yes, to laugh. Yes, I do. <laughs> and I was thinking, yeah, kind of do. But, uh, <laughs> you know, and so they would tease you about that. Or like, when I got married the second time, I went with my wife. Her, her, uh, her brother was a bartender at this bar. And so I'm like, hey, you know, we're going to go get a drink at the bar where her brother works and, you know, say hi and whatever. Just, you know. So she could see her brother. We go there the whole time. The other bartender is just brutally hitting on me. And my wife is just having hysterics because (laughs) I call her uh, lesbian catnip because (laughs) if there is, wait, I don't know if you've ever seen my wife, but if you've you've ever seen her, she, she, she gets mistaken. She'll show up at the barn later. (laughs) No, I don't think she will tonight. I don't I think said, she I'm tonight. sure she'll show up at the barn later because she always shows up at the barn and like eats his nachos. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The last episode, she sprayed a fucking Aquanet <laughs> by me. But yeah, I call her that because like if there if there is if there if there is a lesbian girl who's looking, they'll come out. They'll find her. You they'll know, find her and they'll, they'll you get know, on her. The thing is, and I though, think is you great. you've made several comments though about your size, and as your as your new friend, I'm gonna tell you to stop that shit. Because first of all, first of all, most I mean, since you do like women, most women are interested in a man for like deeper reasons, and if they're and oh and, no, this believe me, this isn't humor. I know I'm sexy as fuck. Okay, <laughs> I, this this okay. this is just jokes. I listen. I this is one reason why I don't lose weight. I can't no, my, I can't lose weight. Uh-uh. Shit gets too real. I I don't got the energy to be batting people off. People think I'm bullshitting. I'm not bullshitting. It's right, your got, beard. No, no. I this is as big as it gets. I don't, I don't have the energy to be batting off all them women. And men. <laughs> you know what? I know your world. I'm just saying. No, you know what you but you know what no, you you know what it is though? It's your like when you really love yourself, like I, I joke a yes. lot about yeah. that stuff, but mm-hmm. in reality, I probably have a bigger ego than like 90% of people. Like, mm-hmm. believe me, my self image, when I look in the mirror is like, so like, you know, <laughs> cause in my mind, 
I still feel like I did when I was 17 or 18 or 19 and was yes. ripped and all that. Like inside, I still feel the same way. And He's that ripped on the does inside. come out. Yeah. And when people see that confidence, anybody, like they like, they like that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people don't like it. I might offend people, but a lot of times people in private will tell me, man, I wish I had like your confidence yeah. or like your self-worth. You know what I mean? Or like, cause like my wife thinks I'm hot as shit and she's right. And uh, <laughs> so, but like but when people see her, like, they, like, cause there's a big age difference and everything. You know, she's practically like, well, there's 15 years between us. But it's the mm-hmm. only way that we can get the hotness level some reach, a reasonable. Yeah, to even it you out. Know, even it even out. Even it out. Because even it out. Yeah. I try, listen, I tried to date women my age when I was first coming out of being single. It wasn't happening. I'm sorry, late. They weren't matching up. Like, that sounds super cocky and dicky, right? But. It's no, just not like, really, because you just have is, a you have a, an adjective now. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, it's just because you knew what I, you wanted and you're confident. Like I can under like you know me. I'm I'm the same way. I'm confident in who I am. I'm confident and I believe in myself. So I when I like when I was like dating, I was like, oh, Jasmine, meet Jasmine, decent person. You know, it wasn't so much about uh what she looked like. It was more about who she was as a person. And like the quality of her character and things like that. That's what makes her a beautiful person. That's what makes and, you a beautiful person. True story. Yeah. And well, so and the beard. The beard works. She begs <laughs> me. I shaved this off like a week ago. I got so much crap for that. No, because women who date bearded men want to always be with the bearded man. They yeah. love those yard gnomes, man. <laughs> I mean, you you know, put I'm that kidding. hot guy with a big beard and some skinny jeans? Mm-mm. No. <laughs> oh, no she, she doesn't like it when I wear skinny jeans. She says my package sticks out too much. Hey, I've been saying this. I've been saying this since this whole shit started. Y'all look stupid. And later on, when you look back at them photos, you're gonna feel like just like I did in my outfit in '87. You're gonna be like, damn. And I let people take pictures of me. That's all you fat little motherfuckers and your beards and your skinny jeans with your nuts. Your nuts all center. It looks like you got camel toe. It's fucked up, man. Nah, man, you need to actually sing her that song back from the day. It was like, special delivery wrapped up in love. (laughs) That's what you bring into her. Like in the skinny jeans, you're like, (laughs) build with a purpose. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I know that it was about the baby Jesus originally, but... You can reframe that song. <laughs> All I know skinny is me jeans. and skinny jeans, I look like Shrek. <laughs> Cut skinny out of my swamp. Look good on very few people. I don't care how small you are. You have to be kind of a, like rail thin. It does not work. And FYI, if I ever see you in skinny jeans, I'll be like, bruh, where are you going? <laughs> I've, I've probably worn them around you. You probably just didn't notice. See, I, I would don't know, notice man. a package. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would try not to, you know, because you're my friend and I'm married and all that. But if I didn't notice, Lenny would. <laughs> Maybe that's why Lenny was winking at me. <laughs> hey, boom. I like your package. She's going to start singing the special delivery song next time. I'll, no, all no. I know is if I see you and I start singing that song, FYI. Like, now you, <laughs> you're going to change why. your jeans. <laughs> I always just got, you got a great personality. No one ever... Uh, gave me the package comments. <laughs> just it didn't happen. You There's know. still time. 
No, no, I'm fine. Believe me. I, I get I get more ass than I can handle still. I don't remember. It's a good um, life for me, really. It's a good life for me as far as that goes. I don't I never had dull moment. <laughs> it's true. You do have a degree in assiology, as we said. That's right. I am a master's degree. Oh my gosh, in I was gonna study that. Aww. Oh, um, well, I, that was a missed opportunity. Here's, you can take some lessons from him, I'm sure. Oh, my goodness. I can uh, probably. You can do an internship. Okay. You know what the thing is? Like, your audience. Can I please remind your audience of something? What? So, back 100 <laughs> episodes ago, you guys were talking about this moment when you were ta- you were with us. And, oh, and yeah. you made this, this, you know, that's what she said comment. Yeah. And, and we got so offended we didn't say anything. So FYI audience, we want, <laughs> we're here to tell you that we never heard the comment. He, he already clarified that on well, a couple but, but, episodes after so, that. So, but this is proof. Yeah, it is proof. We, we, are, te- we are terrible. And, and in fact, I hope... I'm almost hoping none of my listeners <laughs> listen to this episode. So if I I'm send like, you a link, you're going to be like, I'm not sharing this. I am going to share it. <laughs> part of me really wants to have like real talk with Tamika the Yogi where I'm like, bitch, elevate. <laughs> elevate already. <laughs> like, cut the shit and elevate. Yeah. Somebody needs a yoga teacher like that in their life. You know what I'm saying? Well, I can't like the first couple of classes yoga I took with you, you would be, I said something like I, I have a poor sense of balance and you're standing right there and it's like a hundred million degrees in there. And you're like, you got this. Don't tell yourself that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, she's right. And there were several things where I'm like, oh, I don't think I can do this. And you were like, in you said that just in a different way. And that really like spoke through me, and then I started applying that to other parts of my life. Like, oh, yeah, Why would they have it hot in the yoga place? Uh, they, basically, they want you to sweat so you'll pass out and die. <laughs> no, no, oh, it's I'm, a I'm, style. It's a style. Yeah, well, if I go it's in like there, it ain't gonna be a style. India. You're all gonna get a shower. That's disgusting. <laughs> now nah, you're gonna get the shower. I'm gonna <laughs> stay away. <laughs> I love I, it when guys sweat. Tamika's classes are always the hottest. Yeah, they are. I do like it really hot in there. Ugh. Like it's, it's oppressive hot. Actually. You don't go to hot yoga for warmth. You like you go <laughs> for heat. It's called I'm hot. Just, oh hell no! It's hot yoga, so yeah. people would be like, they'll they'll be like, um, it's a hot. I'm like, bitch, did you come to hot yoga? <laughs> this is did a- you expect it to be room temperature? Room temperature yoga yeah. is at nine. This is hot yoga. That's, yeah, that's but I'll sweat like gravy, cream, cheese. People are trying to lick me. <laughs> Fuck that. I'm not doing. I can say with assurance, no one will lick you. <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to so, shave my back before I come. <laughs> and if so, I may not stop them, but I will get the video. Of <laughs> There's a TMZ video for you. <laughs> You Man know, gets I, licked I, I miss, in yoga class. <laughs> I used to teach aerobics, right? I used to teach step aerobics. I used to teach aerobics and yeah. things and aerobics and stuff. But I never went to a yoga class. I think that would have been a lot better because I wouldn't have had to been like so hype. 
Yeah. yeah. You know, well, that's how I am in my classes. I'm like, y'all ready to do the yoga? Because when you're when you're teaching eight ten classes a week, it loses its luster. You know, it's like yeah, every every you gotta act like you're not tired every time. Like, That's why I'm so tired right now. I've been yeah. like that all week. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you know, by the end of the yeah. week, I can't. Well, you had four classes. Today. No, when she gets tired, today. what she'll do you is do four like, in a we're day? gonna today on Sundays. Yeah. It's the Sabbath <laughs> on on a weekend day. Uh, my weekends are tough. Damn. I mean, yeah. Sorry, yeah. you were saying. I'm sorry. No, I was gonna say when you can tell when she gets tired because you just go to one of her restore classes, and then she'll just have you do frog pose for like fifteen minutes, and you hey, want to die. Well, that's a yin class, <laughs> not restorative. And restorative, you like sleep through the entire class. I actually do. The oh, last that's several, for my wife then. <laughs> <laughs> the last several uh, Thursdays restore classes because <laughs> I went to, I did sleep through. A lot of people sleep through them. I'm like, you needed that. Yeah. You needed that. But no yen. People are just like, ah. but they're working. They're working on opening and just being more open people. And oh yeah, so, I should do that. And it's <laughs> calmer. But it's super calm. You're working on being open, right? Yeah. So oftentimes, so when you're working that area, you're getting into what what's called your your sacral chakra. I don't expect for you to know what this is, Juan. I and, actually you're do know into, what that is. I'm just saying. I'm no. My no ex-wife's like a total hippie. Okay, okay. So your sacral chakra, you know, it regulates sexuality and sensuality and creativity. So whenever we have those classes that really focus on that, people leave and the, the couples that come together, they're like, we're going to skip brunch. I'm like, you're damn right. <laughs> you go out there and work that sacral chakra together and I'll see you tomorrow. I think that's why people come to my classes. But if they, but you know, because you're opening, right? And you've had this beautiful... Feel like open and ready for anything but that's also how i think people come into more intimate relationships with mm -hmm. with each other in general and i don't mean sexual relationships but just intimate relationships coming into those moments where you're like there's opening. there's other types of relationships yes <laughs> yes surprisingly yes. it's not all about sex although lenny would argue it's one of my favorites <laughs> high five i'm with lenny <laughs> Tell my wife all the time that ass has saved this marriage many a time. <laughs> Would you like me to sing the ass song again? Ass, 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 oh, ass. Lord. And titties, titties, ass, ass, titties, titties. <laughs> my neck, my back. Okay. Listeners of Think Flow Grow, please turn off this episode. <laughs> Just download, subscribe, and never listen. Like, to this dude, she's like, did Juan say sacral chakra? Is that? Because <laughs> that's my yoga class. <laughs> no, because like I said, my ex-wife's like this is like this hippie lady, and she does all that. And um, so yeah, she would come to me with crystals and stones, and she's a massage therapist, but she does all kinds of. Of specialized stuff, reflexology, mm. um, all that. So yeah. So when you said the chakra, I was like, oh shit, we going. Chakra. I know about the chakras. <laughs> my daughter calls me Tupac chakras. Oh my god, two chakras, <laughs> chakra core. Oh my god, I'm, that's gonna be my ex-wife's rapper name now. Oh my god. <laughs> no, that's my name. She's got to be like Biggie's chakras or something. She no, she Tupac. She way, she way too skinny though. There's only one. Well, and yeah, my, I guess I need to be Biggie. And my, no, my ex-wife weighs less than she did in high school. Every time I see her, I'm like, bitch, eat a sandwich. like that. 
I'm like, eat a sandwich. Like, okay, have you noticed this though? When you get older, the, as you get older, like into your 30s and up, mm-hmm. it's like people pick a team, right? Like, they're the fit team or the the. <laughs> Are the fat team? Are are those the team? Oh, no, they're the me team. I'm going to do for me, all right? Okay. So I'm not doing – so – then, so, like, I'm looking on my Facebook, right? Now, I'm old as shit. I was about to have my 25-year, whatever, high school uh, reunion or whatever. And, damn, these people look old as shit. Gray-ass hair, wrinkles in their face. Hey, when you're fat, them wrinkles just flat. They flatten right out. They flatten out. (laughs) Right? everyone, Everyone will be like, you're 45? I'm like, yes, this is my skincare regimen. I'm like, nah, bitch, I've, I've got some weight. <laughs> I've got some weight on me, you know what I'm saying? It helps keep things young. So what I'm going to do when I get real old is then I'll finally get thin, and then I'll get the surgery where they pull it all tight. <laughs> yeah. They'll pull all your wrinkles back. Exactly. That's a good idea. All I got to do is cut an extra chin here, fold it back, good to go. Or you could just like somehow bring it up and just create a bigger lip. You know what I'm saying? Like just bring it up and be like, the lip would be hairy. Oh, it would be hairy. That would be odd. (laughs) Don't do that. Don't do that. That's bad advice. (laughs) No, there's a reason I keep shaved. I'm old school. I don't do all that. Because every time I see a dude with a beard, I'm like, there's a guy don't eat pussy. That, mm." (laughs) Well, for the record, they, they exist. Um. No, I'm sure they do. <laughs> I just can't imagine a lot of people being like, let's loofah it up. Let's go. I mean. I think it's more than you think. It's not bad. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, a loofah feels nice on the skin. Mm-hmm. Exfoliation. Yes. I guess to each their own. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's been a minute for me, but you know. I, I remember. <laughs> the look on Juan's face is just I, priceless. I remember. <laughs> Although I, the stubble is actually, that's that's the yeah. You can't. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time what, I was what, like, Lydia is gonna... forming a thought right now. <laughs> what? Yes, please, Lenny, speak. I would like to hear what you have to say. Like, the stubble needs to be, like, that perfect, like, witching hour, because then it gets, like, within, like, hours, like, too Turns long or too short. Blades. Like, it, like it's razor blades or not. It's, it's yeah, the yeah. stubble. Mm. It needs to be soft stubble. But, like, the beard, I mean, it's, it's good. It's good. Okay, so, it's right. Good. Don't, don't. Two to three after. hours. Yeah, you know, you, you got to <laughs> clean it. Well, See, man, right when you think you can't learn. Listen, I'm a humble man. I'm taking notes right now. <laughs> Two to three hours after, like, cause I'm not gonna. I, listen, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try and come in your territory and give you the Pepsi challenge. I'm just gonna take notes. <laughs> I still got plenty of life to lead. I, I got. I, I'm, still, I'm still exploratory. I want to learn things. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Your wife isn't gonna tell you. By the way, that feels like razor blades on me right now. You know, she's gonna be like, "Oh, oh, honey, I'm good tonight." No, no, no. My wife would do that. She would be like razor blades. Oh, yeah. She would be like, uh, the fuck are you doing? Jazz <laughs> <laughs> neck, shabby fucking face. Get out of here. <laughs> no, that, that girl. <laughs> she is wow. as real. She's as real as me. That's why we yeah. work. Yeah. Because people like, see, people hear me on the podcast. They think, oh, man, his wife, man, she must just be like real passive and take all this shit. Like, no, <laughs> no, man, she can dish it out and shovel it deeper. This yeah. is why women's re- relationships between women are different. Because we're like, oh, sweetie, you know, oh, whatever, whatever. We're not like, mm. 
We're never going to be like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, come up from down there. We're going to be like, oh, no, no, it's all good. Tonight is my turn. You know, whatever. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't. We're, gentle, we're gentler with the, with the feedback. We're gentler with the feedback. See, but that still hasn't been my experience. Women are the worst with the feedback. They're no, the no, harshest motherfuckers you. on earth. Women <laughs> will cut your fucking soul out and smile at you. one another, we're not like that. Oh, so See, that's how it is. Yeah. You get special yes, treatment. That's how it is. That is how it is. That's how it is. That's why women, relationships between women are like penguins. Because they're like, mm, they take care of each other. But with a dude, it's like, I mean, I remember a long time ago. Okay, we're way off. off but a long time ago. Was, this was a long time ago. I was not as enlightened as I am today. All of the disclaimers, right? But I just remember going, bro, what the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? And I, I, and I heard myself. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, how would I feel if someone said that to me? And then I thought, you know what? I invited him to this party, so I get to make the rules. And that is why women are that way with men, because we feel like we're always the ones who invited you to that party. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You may have invited us to dinner, but we invited whoa, you whoa, to whoa. dessert. Whoa, whoa, Let's not get it twisted. I'm not inviting no one to dinner. <laughs> 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 the only dinner I invite them to is the one where I wear the fucking shit right here. That's it. Uh-huh. No, my, I, listen. Uh, my watch first his wife, wife come in. He'll be like, "Boo!" No, wait, no, 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 no. let me clarify. Though. This, you, is, honey. this is the real truth. Before this wife, my second wife, I never like took girls out. I never did all that shit. I never had to. I didn't have to like do all that bullshit lines and lie to people. I was just known That's as not that a guy. Lie. No, I mean like no, lie. no. But I'm saying like they're all doing that when they're in the not serious mode and they're just dating to date because you know. Oh. They got needs, and they're not really looking to be serious. Somethings. Yeah, mm-hmm. the young people, right? Like, they're mm-hmm. all doing this. I didn't fake it. I didn't have to. But, like, my first wife, I never even bought her a ring. Nothing. I don't know why she left me. But anyways. <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> Probably a multitude of reasons. Did you notice the silence? This is what Mark gets, you know, with this text. And I'm like, hmm. But this, <laughs> but this girl is, you know what it is? She's so real and so tough. That we just meet and then there's no bullshit. We can't, I can't, I can't fuck with her. (laughs) So ladies, what we're hearing is that men think dinner is bullshit. (laughs) Oh, you're damn right. Listen. You ain't eating shit. That's right. No, no, listen. You know what's funny? You know what's funny? Let's go have dessert. But you know what they do? The guys would try and buy her though. Like when she was dating, they'd be like, if I take her to a nice enough restaurant, now she owes me some ass. And she would be yes, like, you know what? I don't want your damn food. I don't want this fancy restaurant. She's like, this is not me. She's like, I want to go home. And they'd be like, oh, what? But, She's like, I want to go home. But if we both go. Stop at White Castle. Give me some White Castles. <laughs> <laughs> so I but don't know why. But if we both go to the fancy restaurant and I'm paying for my part, you're paying for it somehow. <laughs> like I may pay that money on that check in that moment. But I'm going to get mine eventually. I don't know how it's going to show up. Oh, I never but, believed in uh, that, though, that, like, Dutch shit. That's weird to me. Like, so I am old school. Dinner. Like, I would, like, I, I never did dinners. Because to me, like, dinner in a movie, like, you're not even mm-hmm. really, like, oh, yeah, dinner, no. you might talk. Mm-mm. No. Right? But, like, a movie, you're just sitting there. That's stupid. Looking so I, at each other. Looking at a screen. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, mm-hmm. I'm going to go do this activity, or I'm going to go to this concert. Or I'm going to do, I, I used to shoot pool a lot. 
So like, if I found somebody that liked doing that stuff, I'd be like, hey, you want to go show, shoot pool? And then we go shoot pool and you're talking like, you know, you're doing something, but you're still getting to know the person. But the pet, idea pet. of like, when I started pet, pet, learning pet, about, pet. yeah, or like when I heard about Netflix and chill, and then like all the new dating apps and shit, when I had dated for years and then came back into this dating world, holy shit. Different world. It was weird for me because it was like. You get to find out if they're competitive and they're assholes. Yeah. You also get to find out how frustrated they can get, how easily frustrated they get. And I also learned that people don't. People are really fake now. Like when I would say ask for someone's phone number, they would look at me like I asked for their fucking like pay stub. Mm-hmm. It's like they're like, well, you. I, I was like, wait a minute, you were just online finger banging yourself. But if I ask you <laughs> for your fucking phone number, you're gonna get weird on me. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, that's fine, but you don't want me to have your number. <laughs> that's, that's too much. That's. It, you know, that blew my shit away. I was like, what in the hell world do we live in? I can't get a phone but number. No, they don't. The kids today, they don't want to give the phone number. They want to give you their Instagram handle. Yeah. Or like they would Slide only. into the DMs. Weird. They would only text. <laughs> like they would. Yeah, don't yeah. call me. Just text me. And I, yeah. I was like, oh, what are you hiding that I can't? You know, I, to me, that felt really foreign. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It actually, I do have something to say on that because it is hiding. Uh, I went from a relationship where she would only text with me. Come to find out after the fact. Her name was Frank? Didn't know. (laughs) (laughs) No, but uh, that was just a way of trying to keep me away and get let other people into her life and stuff like that. And just like, I I was Was she a millennial. Yeah. Of course. It's like a millennial. But it's this thing of like, I I agree with you on that. But the thing is, is like, it's a really crappy way to treat somebody, whether you're a millennial yes. or not. Because, like, if someone wants to invest their time in you, uh, putting them off, like, that's kind of on me. I've learned from that experience. Like, if someone's going to, like, put me on pause or treat me like less than a human, or I'm just going to be someone's option. No, I'm not an option. I'm a human being. Damn right, Mark. So. I'll be it's... an option on Tuesdays, though. <laughs> <laughs> Tuesday special. The, the flip it's side of it. The flip side of it is it's nice that um, now I know, met someone who calls me every day, which was what I wanted. I just wanted, wanted someone who would talk to me. Like, it's not like yeah, any groundbreaking conversations gross. or anything. It's it's just like, oh, you know, like conversations about life, which is not hard, which is not difficult, which is not uncomfortable. It's just two people communicating, which is really what you need to have if you want to be in any yeah. sort of relationship. And she's busy. She's super she's busy. busy. And the fact that she takes time to talk yeah. to you every day when she's that busy, I mean, yeah. she's got like 400 you know, kids or whatever. No, but like, <laughs> she's busy, you know? Yeah. So taking time out to say, hey, I want to... I want to hear your voice. Like, yeah. like that important to me is huge. Yeah. And that was, it, it's been like this 180 of like, whoa, I didn't realize how awesome this could be. And now I'm like, okay, this is fantastic. And it's, it's really like something so simple can go such a long way. And usually that's like best. Like it's that way. I think in like any, almost any sort of relationship, whether it's a romantic relationship or a friendship, but like the little things tend to go the longest ways. Like one, you and I are friends because like I met you right before I lost my mom and Luke's first, my brother's first wife and all that. And then Juan was just real with me. And then Juan and I identified because we've had a bunch of similar crazy shared experiences just in different ways. So I'm like, Oh, Hey, I feel like I don't feel like 
I'm the only person who's experienced whatever stuff we've been through. And then <clears throat> with Tamika, there's also, and Lenny, there's also some sort of shared experiences. And then recently in the last year, like me going through a really nasty breakup, these two had my back when like, and just to like be, uh, this isn't like, in my experience, if I've gone through a breakup, typically all of the chicks get on the side of the woman because that's just how it is. Nah, bros be hoes. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying, like, I've been there before where, like, you're in a relationship, you have mutual friends, you break up, and then, you know, then your other friends who were female would come to me and be like, oh, hey, well, you know, she said this, she said that, I don't really want to hear what you have to say because, you know, we got her back. And I, I just kind of resigned myself to the fact that that's probably the way it is. I don't know for sure, but I've experienced this before enough times to think the only people that are really going to support me are, like, my family or like really close friends of mine. So I didn't talk to Tamika and Lenny for a couple months. He ghosted us. Because I was just like, I didn't know how to like face that. And I was just like, I don't want this to be really uncomfortable. And I don't want to feel like I've lost two really people, two people that I'm really, really close to. But finally, I was like, look, I'm going to get over this. I'm going to get over this negativity. So I was just like, hey, we need to talk and hang out. So we went out to dinner and like... When he said what she just said, like bros before hoes, Hell yeah. and, and a few other things, which I won't repeat because they made me laugh hysterically. But a uh, oh, that means I'd appreciate them then. That's- yeah, <laughs> but I won't. I won't say them on the podcast. But a uh, uh, like I really felt like that was a really like pivotal moment in our friendship because I was like, here's two people where I wasn't like I knew these were great people, but I didn't know exactly how they were responding in this situation. But I want to give them the chance to like see how it is. And now I feel like we're even closer friends because of it. Because of it. Cause I'm like, I was going through something really hard, really struggling with it. And they were like, no, man, we got your back. Like, you know, we're here for you and everything. And that's what like friendship and relationships are based on. Like the people you can count on, you know, you find out who you can count on when you go through the hard things. Whatever hard, whatever hard stuff it is. Like life has its myriad of, you know, trials and troubles that we go through but like the people that we really count on are not the people who you know when you're like telling them hey i need you and they're like oh i can't talk to you right now just text me that's you, so weird you cannot like if you can't make yourself available when you're having a hard time i just need 10 minutes on the phone no no i'm i'm in the bathtub right now or whatever it is it's like that's, no, like that's perfect what? Is it, it's actually <laughs> a perfect time to talk. Exactly. Um, it's good timing. It's, good, it's a good opportunity but really to like change the subject. The, <laughs> my best friends, people that I'm highly close to, um, it's the fact that they'll shine a mirror when you need it mm-hmm. and they'll cheer you on when you need it. Yeah. But they can discern it. Like that's what... Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you guys have been that for me. You've been the mirror. And then there's been times where you're like, no. Like last time I was here, you were like, straight up, Tamika was like, I don't understand why the hell you were going to college. That's nothing you're interested in. (laughs) She was just like, do you just need to do you, Mark? And I was like, thank you. I really needed to hear that right now. It was like really reaffirming after coming out of a really bad situation. Yeah, the thing is, is that I felt a little bad when I knew I knew that things were, were going sideways. But for me, I tend to take a step back because mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I can be intrusive, right, on accident. Like, so what's going on? I haven't heard from you in a while. What's going I on? I have no idea what that's on? like. <laughs> <laughs> so I've learned in my old age 
to just take a step back when a person's ready to reach out, they will. And, um, and so I did. And then, so when he did connect, when, when you did connect, you know, it was like, Hey, and I was like, Hey, because <laughs> I, I knew something with, you know, knew things were going down, but I didn't want to ask that question because I hate it when people ask really private questions and I'm not ready to talk about it yet. Cause I don't yet have an answer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like part of, for me being a friend is to also just let someone work some things out and get some clarity. Like I don't, you don't always have to be like, well, tell me what's wrong. Let me fix you. Right. Yeah. Well, I, it's just, that's a really good point because you, there are times where people have to just figure stuff out on their own and you have to wait. Like if you had come to me earlier and been like, Hey, it probably would have not gone very well. I would have been like, Whoa, like mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure, like sort this stuff out. So like you didn't do anything wrong. You were just like, I gotta like be a little bit patient here. That can be really, really hard sometimes because you want to be there to like console your friends or like be there, give them a hug or whatever you want to do. But sometimes people just need to process stuff first. Yeah. I think a lot of times, like for me, the the way that I'm the friend to people is because I'm that friend that they know, like when some real shit goes down, right? Like yeah. whether it's bad or super embarrassing or like something just fucked up happens. <laughs> yeah. I'm the one that gets the call at like three and four in the morning. And I think the reason that is is because everybody that knows me knows, first of all, I'm not going to judge you on anything that you did. Yeah. I don't give a fuck how you live, what you do. It's probably going to be funny, so call me. And then <laughs> the other thing is that I'm just going to listen. And a lot of times it's like people are like, they, they'll start those calls. They're like, hey, I know it's really late, uh, but you don't do shit. So I figured I'd call you and I was like, yeah, perfect call. And then, you know, we start off like that. And then they tell me, well, I'm going through something crazy, but I'm assuming you probably went through something crazier. So I'm just going to tell you what's going on. And then, you know, and they just want to get something out. They're not even like looking for an answer. They just, I'm that person that they can go to when really weird shit happens because they know I probably just, I'm, I'm going to be okay with it. Yeah. And, they, and they can tell me stuff in private and like, when people come and talk to me about stuff, it never leaves that conversation. Yeah, they can tell me well, this. I'm a vault, man. I got dirt on everybody. Well, you have Every, dirt, that, and everyone the stuff has you dirt haven't dirt forgotten. Because <laughs> I'm an open book, so I'm just you know that's why even doing a podcast sometimes scary for me. Because I was yeah. like, oh my god, forbid we ever actually get any kind of real fame. Because people ain't gonna have to dig too deep on me. They'll <laughs> <laughs> like, be like, did you hear that the podcast? <laughs> Like, you know, it's like, I don't, that's why I can't be famous. But I I think, I think you bring up a really good point. You know, when people are going through something, through anything, you know, people just want to be heard. They want to be heard and they want to be seen, you know? And, and if, if you, if you're only listening to give advice, that's not, that's not friendship because you're giving advice most likely because you want to feel needed, right? Mm -hmm. And if you want to feel needed, that's that's creating that imbalance between you and that friend because now you're the person with all the answers, right? Yeah. yeah. But if you're just there listening, and 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 it, mind you, this is so much easier to do with friends than it is to do with with Lenny, for example, because with with Lenny, I do want to be you know a hero every now and then. Because I, I, because there's a, when you're in a, a relationship, there's a sense, and at least for me, of making sure that you, you add value somewhere. You know what I mean? 
But with friends, you know, you're kind of coming to each other as these two blank slates just coming together and, and being there for one another. And like Lenny said, being a mirror or being a cheerleader when necessary and knowing when that's appropriate, you know? Yeah. Like, cheerleading is appropriate. Yeah. Like cheerleading <laughs> right now, like I'm about to do something major. And that's another, that's actually one of the, re- one of the ways I found out when people weren't my friends mm-hmm. is when I would say like, I have this amazing idea. I'm so excited about it. I'm going to do the thing. I'm going to do this, blah, blah, blah. And then they would be like, well, how, how are you going to do that? Yeah. Like, how do you plan on making that happen? I'm like, mm, noted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> noted. That was not the right response. Right. <laughs> no, I think it's, it's interesting. Cause like, you know, you're talking about a cheerleader, like in a relationship, like with my wife, when she turned 30, cause when I met her, she was 26 and I was like 41 or something. And anyways, when we got married, which was almost immediately, uh, her 30th birthday comes and I had found out she had never really had a birthday party. Mm-hmm. Not like, not like a sweet 16. Nothing happened when she turned 18, no party when she turned 21, you know, she had kids when she was younger. So there was just, she never had the celebration. And I was like, my whole life's about the party, man. I'm going to hook this <laughs> shit up. Right. So for her 30th birthday, I threw the biggest bash I've ever thrown. And I mean, I'm talking, I had games, prizes, that everybody who's everybody showed up. People talk, still talk about that party as like, that was the shit. That party was the party. And I felt like so good about that because I finally gave her something she never had and fucking knocked it out of the park mm, for her. Sweet. And like, because when I had my 30th uh, party, I was, I was like, I was straight up, man. I was, I was like a chick. I was crying and shit. I didn't want to turn 30. <laughs> I was like, I don't see what we're celebrating. <laughs> I loved turning and I had a, 30. And I had a twin sister, too. You know. I love turning 30. I was like, I'm 30. Like, I'm grown. I do the things. I have my own place. Like, I have my life. I have a nine-year-old kid. <laughs> Not necessarily celebratory moment, but yeah. Yeah, it is because they get out early, son. Word up. You know what? When she got that freedom high school, I was like, I'm free. I'm free. And my friends are just starting. Yes. But no, but, but 30 was such a great age, I think, because that's when, at least for me, I really started to, to decide who deserved my friendship. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, what are you bringing to the table? Are we bringing similar things? To the I table? wish I would have got to that when I was, I didn't get to that till I was like in my forties where I realized, wait a minute, I don't have to have you in my life. If you're not like a positive, if you're not supportive, if you're not, if you're that friend, every time I talk to you, I roll my eyes like, Oh shit, I'm going to have to hear some drama. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to have to hear some negative shit, but I always mm-hmm. kept those people in my life. It wasn't until I was 40. So I was like, you know what? You're nothing but negative. And if that's yes. who you are, I know you, I've known you for a long time. I just really don't want to be friends with you anymore. And it was hard for me to do that, but I did that to a few people. That was the most liberating shit. Yeah, it, it gets is. easier. It does get easier. <laughs> it gets and easier now I'll just here. be like, don't slip up, bitch. I'll can you see there's a long line. There's a long line of tears behind me right over there. I'll put your ass in that line. Don't fuck it up. Because I hate the Ricans be making a new trail of tears. I just don't like when people come to me about shit about other people. Don't talk yeah. to me about other people's shit. I don't either. I hate it when people try to convince me. Like, did you hear what happened to so and so? 
Yeah. I'm like, unless it was really funny, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. Well, women, I mean, we do, you know, share the tea every now and then. I mean, and by every now and then, like almost daily. Well, you've heard me and Mark but... talk. We're like, we're like two old ladies. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's not like complaining about other people unless it really, really affects you. You know what I'm saying? Well, if yeah, it's someone it's you like... work with and you can't ship the bitch out, you know, you got, okay. you know, all right, that's something. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. But if it's like a friend in your social life or even family, like I don't. I'm adopted. I have a different view on family. I have stepchildren, but they're my children as much as if they were, if I, you know, my, I, have, I have my son from my first wife. He's genetically mine. It's the only kid that's genetically mine. The only kid that's ever going to be because I got these two tied. Anyways, <laughs> so, but the other kids, little white kids, they're as much mine as my son. The, the same to me. Same thing with my, with my extended family. I don't talk to a lot of my family. And the reason I don't talk to them is honestly because they're a bunch of racist, bigot-ass, fucking homophobe. Motherfuckers, they piss me off, and I don't tolerate that shit, and they know it. So I don't cut. I just, and you know, I'm me. I'm not gonna like walk in there and act like shit's okay either. So yeah. I just don't talk to those people. And guess what? They're happier for it too. Yeah. Because <laughs> they I, listen. I got They're family still just recently. Complaining about you or talking about you or whatever. You haven't talked to them in a hundred years. We didn't show up this year for Halloween because it rained here, so I didn't take the kids to go over to like my wife's family. I had two family members on that side. Call ahead, and we're super happy to find out that I didn't show up. <laughs> so they actually showed up because they literally hate me that much. Wow. Yeah, they threaten violence on me and everything. I'm like, why are people always threatening violence on me, man? I, I don't start no shit with nobody like that. I never threaten people. Guys always try to alpha male me. Why? I'm little already, man. I don't shit. <laughs> Y'all ready? One. Another reason why friendship is so important. So in the LGBT community, you know, it's really important because so many people are not accepted by their families, and it's the same people. Still, still though, evangelical bullshit. I'm like, so God didn't want you to love this human, but all the other humans are okay. Whatever. So anyway. Oh, I get I get hot on that shit, real hot. You and me, and you know, but the, but the, 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 it's it's pervasive. You know, where people just don't accept the family didn't accept. So what then happens is then. So I don't know if you know this, maybe because you have you have several gay friends, but you know in the LGBT community we actually like the question if is someone gay is actually is he family, or is she family, mm -hmm. and that's like the 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 gay slang of is that person gay or not and and or queer or whatever on you know in the LGBTQ plus one thousand letters spectrum or whatever, but that that is because so many people have had to create their family you know, with their friends. And I think that for me as an, you know, as an LGBTQ woman, you know, my family, my family, they are my friends. I do have family who love and affirm me, but my friends, I mean, those are my people. Like I, I don't know that I can call a cousin to come bail me out of jail, but I know that I can call certain friends and they're going to show up with a gun and a shovel. You know what I'm saying? Like, Oh, I'm the gun and know? shovel guy. I'm just not the one with bail money. <laughs> I'll call you for the gun and the shovel. I'll call, you know, my other friend, the rich one for the no, but but like I know that they'll they'll well, not it trust out. them either of them with a gun or a shovel. <laughs> Just saying. You wouldn't trust Mark with a gun and a shovel? Not based off the um dog story, no. <laughs> Hide all the hacksaws too. <laughs> Ay, ay, ay. Ay, ay, ay. 
probably never going to live that dog story down ever. <laughs> mm, Actually, that sounds about right. Like, maybe that's the person you need. <laughs> I guess it depends on the situation. But getting back to what getting back to what you were saying, Amiga, though, I totally agree with you. But I think this is not only common for that community, but all communities now. There, oh, man. Well, what I mean by that is, like in modern day America, for instance, we don't have transitions into manhood. We nobody knows when they become a dude. Like when you go from boy to man. That's true. There's no, in other cultures, there's like there's an age. They throw a party. And now everybody yeah. can fuck you. Like, that's how they do it. In other, here, nobody knows shit. Nobody knows. Yeah. And people are so uh, intermingled with, with, like, the internet, social media. They're connected to people in a lot different ways than they ever have been historically, right? So now we can form relationships that are even real relationships, I feel, with people who you've never even actually physically met. But yeah. you know that they care. You talk to them daily. You have conversations. You're like, it's a different kind of intimacy. So I think a lot of us now have the availability to really choose who we want in our lives. So that's really Absolutely. redefining mm -hmm. what family is. I've always felt mm -hmm. that family is who is there for you, yep. who supports you, who is, and just basically those things, who's there to listen and uplift. Everybody yeah. else, whether you're blood or not, that doesn't make you family to me. It doesn't. Which begs the question, mm -hmm. why would you choose shit if you have all that choice? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people still choose people who treat them like crap. Yeah. Or they feel obligated because they are a blood. I have yeah. to deal with this yeah. person because they're my brother. They're my sister. Now, I know I might be touching on some sensitive ground for some people, but, like, I have a brother that I don't talk to. Oh. But here's I mean, why. But here's why. <laughs> I but, don't talk to my sister. But, yeah. I mean, but it's not because, like, I hate him and he hates me. It's just because I, for a lack of better explanation, I'm just a much more open person. I feel like I'm always flexible. I'm always willing to learn. I'm taking mm -hmm. notes on eating pussy. Listen, I'm <laughs> right. Read okay. back the transcript. My <laughs> brother. <laughs> yeah, go back a couple pages. My brother would not be open in, to that. He'd just be like, yeah. I got this. You know, like, I'm just not closed-minded. And so when I get around closed-minded people or people who I don't feel... I don't want to be around anyone who just feels like they just know shit. They know everything. Yeah. Like, or, or when people tend, that's the only reason I don't have a lot of peer friends my age, like 45 to 50, because unfortunately it appears to me most of those people end up being like, just kind of like stuck in that part of life where mm -hmm. they're just doing the grind. They lose perspective on the important things like yeah. close relationships with friends and family, mm -hmm. supportive relationships. Life is not supposed to be so damn miserable. You're not supposed to just be stuck in some grind about making money and, 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 and having a nice car. It's way more important to me to have a support structure and friends and family that love me and I love them. That is my number one important thing. So I just cannot connect with people where that's not their priority. If your priority is money, if your priority is status, if your priority is a certain level of education, that's good for you. But we we probably ain't gonna like have a whole lot of real dialogue because I'm yeah. about people. I love people. Yeah. Yeah. I that's actually something I've had several conversations with friends, uh few friends recently in the past like few months. And it's been very interesting because I've met some people like 
they're, they're similar to you and I. We're like we're about people, and we want to make those connections. And we're like, okay, like let's hang out, let's make time to do something. And then we've wanted to include a couple of other people in the group, and they're like, oh, I can't because I have to work, or I can't because of this. And it's like, and at at first it can be like kind of frustrating, but then it, I've always really like, no, it's not frustrating because. I'm just not that important to them because their priority is working till 11 o'clock on the evening doing their job or whatever. And like I do like family are, is the people that choose to be in your life. Family are the people that can count on you. I've been very blessed to have an extended family where most of them, I can really count on it. It's like the ones I don't feel that close to. It's just because they live really, really far away. If we lived close, we would all be hanging out with each other. Most of the time I really do. I really have a close knit family like that and really good family. But like, I've always been the type of person where I call like Tamika and Lenny, Juan, you know, if you're not blood related to me, you're still my family. I do have some friends who have gotten like weirded out by that because they'll be like, wait, you had like a couple of friends over for Thanksgiving. Like my family would never do that because it's blood family only. And my, my family was never like that. My family never set that example. So I've always been really inclusive. I've wanted to be inclusive because as a human being, I want to be included. So like I, I have some friends who um it was so i thought it was super weird my family was having thanksgiving and they (laughs) they uh we we had like people from the community over who were just not even really friends just people who we knew in the community and they didn't have any family they didn't have they were just going to be it was an older couple and they had nowhere else to go so my grandma was like come over we had like a bunch of other people come to our family's thanksgiving because these people had nowhere else to go like a friend of somebody a friend of my cousins from college you know just like a bunch of random people and everyone was included we had a great time so then one of my friends called and was like hey my family's having their get together we wanted to share you some food i was like oh okay they live like 15 minutes away i'll come by and pick it up no you can't come right now why not like like i was like are you busy like in the middle of dinner or something i'll wait till like six or seven in the evening no 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 um uh family that or people that aren't blood related aren't allowed at our house on thanksgiving day so you're gonna have to come tomorrow and i was just like what He's like, yeah, um, uh, you're just going to have to wait till tomorrow. I'm like, okay. And so they went over the next day and it was really weird. Like it felt weird. I was like, why is there this wall? Like, it wasn't like I was going to come over and eat all your food. Right. I was like, (laughs) you're also the leftovers. Yeah. Like the food is the leftovers. Yeah, it's true. And so I went over and I was like, this feels so weird. And to me, it felt so weird and foreign because my family is not like that at all. I was like, you made enough time to call me and tell me on Thanksgiving that you wanted me to have some of your leftovers, but I wasn't allowed to come over until the next day. I was like, that is so bizarre. But stuff like that only reaffirms for me. I really want to include people. I want other people to always feel welcome. I want them to feel like you can come and talk to me. Like, even if we don't like... There are people that I don't get along with. And that's just because you've either said something or done something that hurt me. And I'm just not going to put up with that crap anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to like put up a boundary there. Sometimes people are just different and you, they're irritating. And sometimes you whatever. just, you need to be supportive to people. Like for instance, the only other party that I went to this year for Halloween was my, my cousin um, mm-hmm. had her Halloween party. And of course, like we have a very large family here. It's one of the reasons that I'm still in Michigan because we have a very large extended family. There's probably like my my mom's family. There's probably like sixty or seven of it, seventy of us in the Detroit area, wow. and, including up north, probably more. Right, so there's a lot. And 
my cousin, and, and I won't use names that I want to, you know, put undue stress on anyone, but um, she has a transgender daughter, okay? But for that reason alone, like, nobody shows up, right? What? I was like, fuck that. And I told my cousin, I said, I want her to feel support from extended family to realize that we're not all judgmental pieces of shit. Because that's how I fucking feel about it. Mm-hmm. You fucking suck. If you really. So I'm like, so I got shit from people because I took all my kids over there. And we had a hell of a party and my kids had a blast. And it was super cool. I got lots of cool photos. They got to play with their lizard. And uh, anyways, but so, and it was a really good time. And it and it was just, I was, I was glad to be supportive, but I, again, I was shocked. I was shocked because I thought by now, like as a general rule, society were kind of like past all this. No. It's like, it's embarrassing. When, it's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. It's embarrassing when your own family and the thing that I don't, I know I don't, we try not to talk about certain things. I just think I just get so fucking pissed. And one of them is that a lot of these people come from like these supposed like good homes, backgrounds, Christian backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And yet the way that they treat people is completely misrepresented, in my opinion, blasphemously rude and a misrepresentation of God's character. And that shit makes me angry. And so that's why I can't be, those people, I don't cut them no slack. You want to see someone be harsh? I'll be harsh as shit. Cause I like, that's making anyone feel inferior because of their choices no. And only for that. Or because only, of their truth. This, right. And this truth. right. And this is another thing. And this, it's hard to make that and come up. This is a child, 16 years old, going yeah. through this, feeling alienated, and then like the whole fucking family don't show. Mm-hmm. Like that's so immediately I, you know, she basically what it was was I think what happened was like they had sent out all these invitations, nobody responded. No. Right? And so she privately messaged me and was like, hey, like, nobody is, she's like, I know that you're a, a, a lot more open person and everything. And, and I was like, I'm like, I am so sorry. I'm like, I wish I could apologize for everyone, but they're not going to give a shit because they just suck. And I'm like, we will be there. And I, you know, took everybody over there. Mm-hmm. But that's just the point that, like, you have to be supportive to people. It, it, the fact that, I don't know, I just, I really thought at, now, like everyone's so open, it seems like, but then it's yeah. not though. But then it's not. It's like behind close, behind closed doors, you- there's still as much racism as there ever was. Mm-hmm. There's still just as much uh, uh, judgmental thinking about all of people's sexual origins as there ever was. Mm-hmm. And it's just to me, it's like I get tired of of uh, people still being like, well. You do realize, and they're trying to come up with some reason why yeah. that, you know, that it should be this way. And I'm just like, I, but I, what I don't understand is why you're a piece of shit. Uh, you have, <laughs> That's you where have, I draw well, no, cause it's like, you have every, <laughs> listen, in this world, this world is hard enough as it is. Mm-hmm. Why can't people just be supportive of each other? Why do people got to knock other people, people down? Live? And if you're so damn unhappy, don't bring that shit to my house. Because that's what I think what happens is a lot of people are unhappy in their own relationships. Yeah. And shit like I'm that. I'm preaching. Right? <laughs> and so they want to break yours down because theirs sucks. Yep. Sorry. Hey. <laughs> uh, you're probably the part of the reason, <laughs> dumbass. 
right. So I'm getting off my soapbox about that, but now preach it. But that shit preach just it, Juan. you know. He just put his hand in the air. Mm. <laughs> I'll be like, Lord, Lord, Lord. Mm. <laughs> I do, I do that. I do old Negro spiritual because I love gospel. Yes. I grew up, I grew up on old school walking. gospel music because I grew up in Biloxi, and I used to listen. When I was a little kid, I used to oh, listen to Mississippi Mass Choir. That was my shit. <laughs> <laughs> mm, you're and listening I, to Mahalia. But you're see, over here like Costa Rican. You're like, mm, I've been through some shit. They're like, you haven't been through anything. I've seen. When I do karaoke, when I do karaoke out in the barn by myself, I do, I, I do Mahalia. I swear. To God. I can do it pretty well. Happen. I can do it pretty well. I can do. I can do some Mahalia. I was I was upset when I found out she died in 1972, the year I was born. I was like, I can't see her in concert. Damn. <laughs> like, yeah, hell yeah. No, but you can see her anytime you put on Imitation of Life and she's like, ah. <laughs> oh, you got it. <laughs> what? He just turned into a black gospel singer just like that. But, That's uh, what's up, Juan? <laughs> yeah. So, but, but here's the difference though. My mother, when we grew up in the South, because when I was when I like I went talk about this in a prior louder. podcast, you see this? my mother would be like, coming out of it. it was still segregated. All these Christians yeah. doing all the right thing for Jesus were all still segregated. You had the black church and the white church, same denomination, right? Well, that's what they say. The most segregated day of the week is Sundays. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, but but that's there's a historical reason for that, but I won't go into that. But then my what but I what I was getting at was that my mother, <laughs> my mother would take us to a white church one week. And then we go to a predominantly black church the next week. And I, I told Mark before. You preferred. <laughs> uh, two things I learned about that. Uh, the music's way better. Music's way better in a black church. And they dance. It's a lot more fun. They dress way better. You better bring it. You're going to a black church. You better bring that outfit. Don't you dare go in there looking like a regular old white person. They're going to laugh. Ass. I don't care. They will outdress you all day week. And, and they got style, right? And then the other thing was their preachers were good. White preachers about put me to sleep every week. I was like, oh, it's going to be Pastor Voorhees. Oh. Back when Lenny and I first met, I was going to this church that the, it was, it was, it was, it wasn't high church, but it was like in the middle, you know, and the priest was white and a lot of people, I mean, it was a very mixed church back in the day. It was more mixed before the priest was like, we accept the LGBT community here. My sister is a queer woman. And if you don't like it, leave. And so a lot of the Caribbean and African uh, folks left the church. And so it became a lot less diverse. So anyway, when Lenny and I met, you know, we go to this church and I'm like, this is my church, like it's super diverse and blah, blah, blah. And we go, she's like, I don't really like this church. Then we go to the black Episcopal church and she's like, this is my jam. This is where we should go to church. I'm like, Lenny. They like, had me at jazz because <laughs> they like sing the whole the whole liturgy. My son, in a jazz sound. My son, like- <laughs> my son's a very accomplished bassist, and he was playing at uh, this. Uh, it's like a huge, huge uh, store where they sell like used rock shit. It's in Detroit, and uh, it's like where all the real bands go to get their shit. And he was down there just laying some bass down, and this dude comes down. He had. A, and he offered him a job to play at one of those churches. Like, they what? pay. I was like, they pay? I was like, son, oh, yeah. get your robe on, son. Let's go. Get that Oh, yeah. Get that and paper. Jackie isn't the one singing like that. They well, pay that person. Well the, point, and I, well, the point I made to my son was, listen, 
They're not cutting those. They're not going to let Aunt Mabel go up there and sing because Aunt Mabel wants to. You got to be able to, to bring it. Or you're not getting up on that stage. I'm like, that is a huge compliment to you that he would come up to you and offer you a job to go play. Did he take it? The, no, he was too shy. Oh. I wish he would have because I would have been up in the front row. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Mm. <laughs> Speaking it's in my baby. <laughs> I, used, I, used to, I used to preach back in the day when I was younger. When you were acrobatting? Uh, yeah, a little bit after that. And uh, I, I, let's just say I. between acrobat and carny. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to bring the Lord to you on the weekends. <laughs> <laughs> when the circus tents turns into revival. <laughs> No, man, I used to be like, Jesus was no pushover. It ain't, you know, he flipped tables. He got angry. He's a real man. He got, he got pissed. Like, you know, so, but you know, after a couple of them sermons, I kind of let you go. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't exactly my calling. Uh, this is a lot better for me, but no, I still feel singer, like. Clearly it was your calling. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I really feel like the message is still the same. You know, I really feel like that is that that way of thinking is just so freaking Neanderthal and like knuckle dragging stupid. I think though that all those people who end up like isolating someone or you know making them feel worse about themselves, you know, whatever. I, I truly feel that every person who's like, you know, shunned a, a trans person or LGBTQ person, whatever you know, is going to deeply feel that at some point in their lifetime. Like, I feel that the karma will come to them eventually. And then they'll they'll be like, I don't know why so-and-so didn't expect me. <gasps> I did that. Like, hopefully they have that connection yeah. that they made. We hope. But I, we hope. But, you know, but and hopefully that person who was shunned has, you know, the cousin or the uncle like you who shows up for them who says, Hey, you know, I see you. I for I I love you for who you are. Like none of that shit matters. But like it was crazy because like with my family, who I mean, my mother kind of kept us kind of a. We weren't really close. Like I have big family, but I don't really see them. I found out last week that like the last great aunt that matters, there are two, and only one mattered. But the last great aunt died. I found out through Facebook. Oh, and I like goodness. saw the funeral and I was like, I liked her. You don't think that she would have wanted me to be there? Like my mother was one of her favorite nieces mm -hmm. and I didn't. And, and when we didn't find out and I'm just like, that's how family does this now. That's how you family now. These women were living on my phone trying to tell me how to take care of my mom when she was ailing. And none of them choose to tell me that my great aunt, had, the one that I loved, is dead. It was crazy. To you didn't even like, get a phone call? Hell no. I still haven't gotten a phone call. I still haven't gotten a phone call. And I'm just like, y'all are trifling. And the thing is, is that I think that because a long time ago, I started realizing that they don't show up for me the way that I want people to show up for me. Mm -hmm. Because I have friends who've shown me how to show up. You, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that I, my, my expectations are a little too high for them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, nah, I'm not taking any kind of bullshit, you know, half-assery as it relates to any relationship. Life is too short for that crap. You know what I mean? 
but you can't even pick up a phone call and say, or send a text that just says, by the way, she died. The funeral's tomorrow. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, just, I just thought, oh, that says a lot for that family. You know? You know but, it, here's the thing. I think most of the part, though, like the, the silver lining, I think, in all of this, though, is the fact that when you love who you are, mm-hmm. when you love who you're with, and you're successful at it, whether you're straight, gay, bi, anything, whatever you are, people are going to try and knock that down because other people's lives aren't successful. People have yeah. this People have a, this inner thing in America where everything is about where I'm at. Everyone looks at the watch and time in their life and they go, okay, I'm this age. I should have this right now. I should be here by now. I should be doing this by now because society grinds that out to you that you're supposed to, okay, you should be going to college right now. Then you should be getting married. You should be having some kids. You should be, you know, but when you live a life, like I've always lived my life based on what I feel like is best for me. And I used to get so much shit for that. People are like, oh, you're selfish. I'm like, no, actually, I'm happier than you. I don't fuck. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you're still stuck this with is that. what joy looks like. Right. Yeah. I used to, like, I mean, and sometimes it's hard because sometimes those choices might leave you alienated. You know, because I do piss people off. But I don't feel like I piss anybody off that I really give a shit about. Like, if you get pissed <laughs> off because you're a closed-minded motherfucker, be pissed. <laughs> Don't ruin my day. It's just like when people Sorry. when people get upset in public in public, right, in traffic, and they're pissed off and they're flicking you off and they're laying on their horns. I smile. Just wave. Because I don't want that person to have even the slightest gratification to know that they even bothered me today. You go ahead and be pissed and upset. I'm gonna continue to be over here and be happy. You're not ruining my day. And I tell people that. You're not ruining my day. You ruined yours already. Fuck you. I, I can ruin mine at any minute. <laughs> but last I'm, night, last night, choice. Jadena, the artist, he said, he said, stop crossing oceans for people who wouldn't jump a pond for you. Mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, he preaching tonight. <laughs> you know, of course, he was talking about blackness and all that. But still, you know, it still, yeah. it still relates. Like, if you're not going to show up for me, why? You know, first of all, I'm going to show up for myself. But the, I think, I know that you guys always, you know, have a nice little bow tie with silver lining, and I'm sure you're going to have that nice bow tie, Juan, as well. <laughs> but I know for me, the silver lining in, in loving myself and, like, creating really high expectations for the people in my life is that the people in my life meet and exceed those expectations. Mm-hmm. If I didn't love myself enough to have those expectations then I have a bunch of shitty people in my life. And I've, and I've had them. Yeah. But over time, I've learned to love and accept myself, affirm myself, so that I don't need to get that from you. All I need from you is just for us to meet each other. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I don't need anything else. I don't need you to tell me how awesome I am. I know. So then it makes it easier for you to be my friend. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, well. Mm-hmm. Lenny, I got some. <laughs> Come on, Lenny. Yeah, it's funny when you have like self confidence, <laughs> like that pisses people off sometimes. But it it, does. it's not, listen, I'm not cocky. I can back it all up. This is bullshit. Like, you know what I mean? I, <laughs> I wake up every day. I wake up pretty much every day and I'm like, I don't know about you in the mirror, guy, but you're looking pretty good. We're going to have a good day. And then I go from there because. 
if I can't start out the day with a positive attitude and like every day I get up and I, I'm first of all, I'm thankful every day I wake up. <laughs> mm, <laughs> I got preach. the diabetes. I'm still smoking. You know, I shit. Every day is a gift because I'm trying to kill myself over here. But <laughs> the thing is, is if you can't be positive, then you're just going to be miserable. I mean, Mark's taught me a lot more because he's even more positive than me. Like it's gross. Like yeah. so positive. It's just it's kind of it's so it's a little it's weird. It's, right? it's to it's the level of white psychotic <laughs> level. Yes. Like come on, nobody's that positive. Yes. And that you know, but and I and I feel like I am pretty much. <laughs> but Mark's on some other plane of that because uh, I get I have switches, and when the switches get thrown, it gets ugly. And, and then you know. <laughs> But the joy, though, and that positivity is infectious. Mm-hmm. And you can, and if people don't have a reaction to you that's positive, then you know immediately that person's got some drama and craziness going yeah. on. That's why a lot of times, like, I know I should probably hype the podcast a lot more, like, socially. But I'm like, I kind of feel like you don't like me already. And uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure if you actually listen to the podcast, you're going to hate me a lot more. But the, but the reason why, though, I think is because people just don't like to see people happy. They don't like to see people who don't have, like, you know how nice it is to not have to carry the baggage judging everybody? Yeah. Do you know how, mm. I don't carry shit. You know, I don't have bad feelings. I don't carry negative thoughts. I don't carry negative thoughts about the past. I'm friends with people that have done that nasty shit to me. As long as you don't repeat, we all right. And I leave it. And I bury it. I do the same thing with my wife. When you're close and you're in a relationship with somebody that tight, they can hurt you and cut you deeper than anybody. And yeah. sometimes people hang on to that. Sometimes people just fuck up. Yeah. And you got to be, you know, mature enough to realize they had a bad day. Yeah, you shouldn't have said that shit, bitch. But I'm going <laughs> to let it go. And I'm going to get past it. See? Right there, see? You let some shit go. Obviously, she's like, thank you. But I mean, so but yeah, when I you can do that. Go on a but when you can, when you can really... <laughs> But when you can really let negative go, like really let it go, like throw yeah. it into the abyss and leave it, that's yeah. why even though my life is stressful and hard in a lot of ways, I don't carry the past of yesterday. I literally tell my kids, you fucked up today. Let's try again tomorrow. <laughs> like, yeah. good night. And then start Honestly, over. Though, that's the quote of the night, though, when you said, do you know how light I am when I'm not carrying other people's shit? That is like. Uh, that needs to be a bumper bumper sticker. That needs to be a yeah. t-shirt. I'm gonna make a t-shirt. FYI, I just trademarked that because I said it too. <laughs> so now it's time. So I'm taking that. I'm gonna put it on a shirt. Hashtag Ashe Yoga. Hashtag Diva Transcending. But you know why I got that? Because now, listen. I'm a little. I'm a little statued man. I'm naturally gonna be leaning toward Napoleon. I don't want to be that little negative motherfucker. <laughs> so when I was young and I got a lot of flat for being small, when I was a kid, I used to get called shrimp all the time. And it kind of bothered me. I got teased for a minute when I was really young, and then it never happened after that. But I remember that feeling, what it was like to get, like, picked on. And But I also realized at some point I decided, well, that doesn't make sense. That's just stupid. Kids are just dumb. Yeah. And um, I, I'm happy. Like, why, why would I... I, I remember thinking as a little kid, I was like seven or eight, and I was like, but I'm happy. Why would I, why would I care what they say? Oh, I'm five, too. So I bet Jose Altuve is like five, six, six in the yeah. major leagues, and he's doing it. Like, he is amazing. I think he's changing the narrative around men who aren't as tall, you know. Oh, I just never, I just never really, I never personally cared. 
I never felt. No, I of never, course you didn't care because that was you. But well, other people, they assign like crazy attachments and stereotypes and crap to that. Yeah, yeah they I, do. I'm, but I think like people like Altuve are like changing what it means to be an MVP. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, that, none of that matters. What matters is how you show up, how you play the game, and how you interact. You know. Yeah, that's true. And you don't like it's. I've never thought of Juan as and like I'll make jokes about Juan being short or fat, but like Juan knows those are just jokes. Like Juan shoots me jokes because of baldness and you know other stuff for being overly hairy on my back and all that other stuff. But like we're friends, we make jokes. I mean, we have a comedy podcast, and <clears throat> I mean, there's a lot of other hairy people out there. And we wear skinny jeans too, that are a lot <laughs> not as good looking as I am, or at least I like. Yeah, to think man, so. that is true. <laughs> Holy crap. Special. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a dude the other day look like an orangutan and he had that <laughs> shit on. I was just like, God help you. <laughs> but you know what, though? The weirder people are, the more I'm interested in them, the more I want to talk to them. Like when you look just shit crazy, it's like crack to me. I got to talk. I so got to talk to that person. <laughs> It's that crazy positive psychotic thing going on, right? You're like, I like that. Well, well, you know what it is? It's like, because sometimes people show up in your life. I told that story about the guy with the glass eye one time who I saw in a store and like this kid was fucking with him and he took his eye out and fucked kid up. Okay. Yeah. That that was so. It was a really good story. It was so. But that was so funny to me that here he is. He's got this thing that he probably took so much shit for and he turned it into this awesome moment for me. Thank you. Like he had the self confidence (laughs) to do that. And I just thought, you know what? Man, you want to talk about taking lemon and turning it into lemonade, man. That You just fucked that kid up. He's going to need therapy. That is awesome. Like, Because he got it back. He was fucking with this guy, fucking with him, giving him a hard time. And he turned that around and just wrecked that kid <laughs> emotionally. And I just love it when, I love it when, like, the underdog wins. Just like. Yes. The per- I, so, love, I love standing up for the underdog, too. Oh, you I get in trouble for that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's like- my trigger. Dude, I remember when I was in high school. I was very popular when I was in high school, mostly just because I, I was a good performer and, and, and all of this, and I knew everybody. And there were always the people who, like, got bullied. And I just remember at a very young age saying, that is not okay, and then standing up for that person, befriending them. What's crazy is that now uh, a few of those people have contacted me on Facebook. They're they're crazy, and we don't necessarily have the same value system. But they've said that, which, by the way, is a requirement if we're going to be friends. But um, but they've said, you know, I remember you stood up for me, and I remember that you said this for me. And it was, this is so I mean, This is decades later. But people remember, you know, when you stand up for them. And I think that as adults, we we can we are still doing that. You know, but the the difference is, is that the bully oftentimes is our own self, you know, like where we're telling ourselves how shitty we are or how, un, you know, how, how unmanifested or how unaccomplished or how I didn't do that or how I'm fat or how I'm this or how I'm whatever. And then your friend shows up and is like, hey, shut the hell up. Mm-hmm. Don't talk to my friend that way. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you are this you are that and you're the other and i'm not blowing smoke up your ass what i'm telling you is that you don't need to talk to yourself or talk about yourself that way because your soul is listening to that and so we kind of turn into those bullies to ourselves 
and our friends still will show up in those circumstances. I think a lot of it's like you're saying it's like it's where your mind's at because I just watched this documentary on Netflix. I'm gonna plug it because I think people need to watch it. It's the one on Dolomite. Okay, there's a mm-hmm. there's a documentary. And it's sort of it's made into a movie, but it's it's based on the Dolomite story mm-hmm. of this guy in the '70s who decided that he wanted to be famous. He just made himself famous. Now this is before social media and everything like that. Nobody, right? Nobody, <laughs> nobody was gonna help this guy, right? He decided, and he was doing records. He he was making music, and he actually finally like, but he made shit happen out of nowhere. Nobody ever. Like really, there was very few people that believed in him, supported him, and he kept going and he kept going. Then he decided, well, I want to be in the movies. So he, he decides, I want to be in the movies. Then nobody's going to put him in the movie because he's not the right. He had not the right shape, not the right color. Like the movie wasn't what people they thought wanted to see. The movie companies were predominantly run, you know, not by anything other than they were doing for black entertainment in those days was just like basically smart films and stuff. And his, this was the guy that changed that. And what was interesting was how many times he would get shot down and people would say, because one thing that bothers me is when people get excited about, they have a dream, right? You have a dream, something gold you want to have. And then people try and block you by saying, okay, well, what's your plan? And then if you don't have like a, Mm -hmm. if you don't have like this set out detailed plan to get there, people go, well, that's just going to fail. Bullshit. It's about Mm -hmm. will effort and believing in yourself. You watch that movie and that movie says it all. Cause there was a part in there in the movie where he comes in and they're like, well, we can't. He had a friend that he, she was a, a single mother at the time, and she was just real bitter, right? But she would talk and say shit, and it was funny. She's like, "You need to do that on stage. You need to go up on stage and do that." Because her perspective, he felt like there were a lot of single black women who would identify with that and think it's funny. He literally made her famous, and she was a bigger girl, right? Later on, after she's in the movie, she was so happy because she told him, and they became like lifelong friends. And told him, like, Pam Greer. She was so, yeah, so happy because. Freaking Pam Greer, who he made famous, right? Yes. And so (laughs) she's like, happy because she's like, there was never a girl in a movie that shaped like me. Because they were never going to put her in a movie because she's not thin and white and everything, right? She wasn't beautiful enough, according to their eyes, because of the way they looked at things. And Dolomite changed that. But anyway, my whole part was he comes in and this guy shoots this movie down and he went and they wouldn't take him. Later on, of course, he, he ended up releasing them. Just on his own, and he in this one theater, and it freaking sold out. Now everybody wants his stuff. He wouldn't sell it. He's like, I'm not getting sold out or whatever. And he says, the guy comes in and goes, Well, here's the deal. Uh, we're Dimension Films. There's Dimension Films that that finally helped release this movie and get it out there. And they're like, Well, we don't really have a place for your movie other than like these theaters in black communities that seat like a thousand, two thousand people. But you'll make some decent money from that if you can sell these tickets. And he just crushed it, right? So the guy, the guy's like, nobody, nobody's gonna want your movie. This, that. These guys are all shooting him down, and then he turns it around. But he literally was like riding around town with a bullhorn, promoting his own shit, like. And it was all, and his whole persona was something that he took from a guy that he knew in the in the hood who just to sit around and just tell jokes. And he would write his shit down and recorded it, and made a whole character out of it, and then went on stage and mimicked this guy. And became this character Dolomite. And that to me, even as I was thinking about like the podcast and you being on the podcast, like people are like, well, why would you do that? Do you think you're really going to become famous? No, that's not really what it's about. But the, the fact is, though, you don't always got to have a written plan. If Listen, if it was easy enough to do things and, and have your dreams be reality, there would be roadmaps to do all those things. The reason that they're called dreams and, and things like that is because 
you got to almost go into a creative dream state to make this shit happen. I believe a lot of things happen in my life, and I've seen a lot of miracles, but they're based on the fact that I just believe that shit's going to happen, and it does. And I call it out before it happens. I'll be like, I guarantee you this shit's going to happen. And people say, oh, you're crazy. There's no way that's going to happen. And then sure as shit, it does. Mm -hmm. And that's where, but you have to really believe in you yourself. Do. You have to have an emotional connection to that. Yeah. But that, but what? But the funny thing is, when that happens once or twice, then people are like, how do you do that? <laughs> I'm like, well, I just really believe that that was going to happen, and I put everything into it, and I feel like when you're, when you're coming from things from the right place, I really believe that things happen for you for a reason, but you got you to gotta take that leap of faith. You know, it's it's a lot easier to just go through the grind and do what everyone else does. It seems to me like, okay, yeah. for the people who don't have like a – I'm not saying that they're the wrong – it's not wrong to go and do all the things like you're supposed to. If you went to college right out of high school, you got your degree, you got your job, you're happy, fine, good. But that's not for everybody. It certainly wasn't for Mark. Mark freaking hated college. Yeah. And I know well, – But I, he also was studying something that didn't make sense for him. I mean like – I'm like, dude, you like working with your hands and like fixing things and helping people. Like, why would you go to school for something that is someone else's reality? Like, if you are going to spend the time, the money and the effort going to school, go for something, go for your hobby. You know, you go for your hobby and then your hobby becomes your career. That's pretty, that's pretty awesome. That's a great degree. Yeah. I mean, that's what I did. I got a film degree. (laughs) <laughs> and it took 20 years, but I'm finally using it. <laughs> See, I, I tried acting, uh, but I kept getting fucked up parts. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Was this before preaching, after carny life, and before acrobatics? It was a little bit after acrobatics, prior to preaching, because I needed after Jesus to get... After having women pay for your gas. And yes, life. and then... Uh, <laughs> It was right in the part where I got offered weasel number four. No, but I love this because you're showing that you can do all the things. You know, <laughs> yeah. you, no, but seriously, like do all the things, like do everything. Like your yeah. true people. Will be I like, told Mark of the story about oh, like, yeah. I remember when, uh, uh, what was that? Uh, it was that MTV show where that guy was a bike messenger and he was an asshole. It was back in the nineties. And I was like, dude, bike messenger oh, seems like real- a Real world. The yeah. first, okay. Real world. And there was a guy, there was a bike messenger, and he was an asshole. Puck. Puck, that yes. Douchebag. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I hated Puck, but I like the idea that he got paid to ride a bike, right? And I used to mountain bike and stuff. I used to mountain bike all over the all over the country, right? And so I was like, you know what? I don't really like working construction right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna get a job as a bike messenger. Now, in Detroit, there I didn't, there isn't any. There's not enough. But I found a job as a bike messenger. <laughs> I found a clipping in some odd newspaper, and it had this number, just a number by it. And it was called ASAP Delivery. And I, I called these people up, and I talked them into hiring me over the phone. Was it, it drugs? No, it was a legitimate <laughs> message job. And I, I'm just saying, it was just a phone number and a random newspaper. <laughs> it's like, just take this bag, drop it off at that doorstep, ask no questions. You're right. I never did look at what I was <laughs> we weren't supposed to look. Oh my god! No, but I, but like I believed I could do that, and everyone's like, you can't, "There's no bike messengers in Detroit." I'm like, "Guess what? 
There is. And I'm one of them. I have a bag on. I have a bag on. Got my bag. And that's how I got to meet all the homeless people downtown. I got, I've got. i met so many interesting people down there. And I really got to be part of that real interesting environment. And I got to do what I wanted to do. And then when I was done doing it, because I realized winter's coming. It's getting cold. So it was three months. And I was like, I'm out. Because winter's here suck. <laughs> and I wasn't about to go riding downtown when it's like 20 degrees on my bicycle. So, yeah. but so, but I mean, like, if you believe shit can happen, it can happen, man. I'm just oh, it can. saying. And it, it, but yeah, if I let everyone, can. if I let everyone's negative shit get in that, I would have never even tried. Yeah. 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 And like what you touched on earlier, a lot of times, like the person that's holding us back the most is ourselves. Like just the fact that I'm doing this podcast, I had to get over my own doubts of myself to be able to do this. In the back of my mind, I knew I already had like a lot of the stuff, audio equipment, software. I needed a couple of other things, but it was like maybe $100 worth of stuff I needed. And the only thing I needed was a co-host. I didn't want to do it by myself. I wanted to have the dynamic of a co-host. And finally, I was just like, I just need to call Juan. And Juan immediately was like, heck yeah. Like it took Juan like three seconds to be like, oh yeah, I definitely went in on this. And like, as soon as I got over that stuff with myself, I didn't care what anybody else said. I didn't care what anybody else's input was. I was like, we're going for this. And like, you know, like (laughs) the thing that's been in my head, what you said on the last episode, when you were like, Oh man, forget that. I'm just gonna cut grass and be a poor ass podcaster. Like that's like my motto now. I'm like, I don't care. I'm be a poor podcaster. Like I'm doing something I enjoy. It doesn't matter. Like, like this is something I'm passionate about. This is something that I love to do. I uh, get a handful of shout outs from people or responses from people saying, Hey, you guys said something that really made me laugh, or you said something that really helped me feel like I wasn't alone in whatever it was. That's why I'm doing this. I'm not doing I'm doing this for me because it's something I enjoy and, and I And who would have thought, Mark, and, and a little tout a little uh uh cloud out to you is that you know, you had the guts to start this. You know, yeah. I don't it's it's easy for me. You just call me one day and I'm like, you wanna talk? <laughs> <laughs> You get to yeah. be really inappropriate. Really? All right. <laughs> so, and I don't have to go around and do stand up like on stages and tour. Like I get to stay home. <laughs> okay. But the thing that was cool about that is, you know, and sometimes you look back and, and people get and when you do podcasting, you know, you're always looking at them numbers. You know, and yeah. it's easy to get discouraged or think, oh man, this. Is, but Mark, look at it this way. You started this not that long ago. What six months ago? Something like that. Yeah, this podcast. Six months ago. And it's already worldwide. You're on every continent. Yep. Every continent yeah. that, it, that they count is on there. Yeah. I think they just don't yep. count Antarctica because there's not enough Yeah, yeah I was about to say people. the penguins aren't listening. No. So, uh, <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. awesome. They would, though. Yeah. They would. If they knew English, <laughs> they would listen. They would. But I'm thinking, though, but you, you had this idea... And you made it not just an idea, but you made it happen. And you yeah. you are being successful and you're yeah. getting to make an impact on people. We've had feedback where people, you know, we've made them laugh, made their day. They're driving to yeah. work to go to some job they fucking hate. And uh, we made them laugh on the way there and they uh, taught their kid how to swear. the thing that surprised me the most is that i've had people tell me that they've listened to the show and it's people that i didn't think would want to listen and also people that i didn't think would enjoy it and like oh i did listen and i did enjoy it and i'm like okay i need to stop making assumptions of whether i think someone's gonna like this or not there's gonna be people that do and people that don't because everybody's got different tastes and all that but i was like i try and like intentionally i tried to have like 
you know, you be yourself, me be myself and have like a little bit of direction into it, but us kind of like have our own thing and not try and cater to anybody. So what is it and, that you liked so much last night or that you went and saw that show twice? I just got to know. What did I like about that? Yeah. Like what was it that you took from that, that you would like uh, maybe implement here that you thought was just interesting? Actually, I'll have to talk to you more about that at a later date when we're not recording. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's that good. Dark. All yeah. right. It's, yeah, it's, I was, it, like, they're too I'll dim the lights. Com- <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, it sounds sexy. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know, but make I want sure, in. <laughs> make sure Jazz is gone getting another tattoo. <laughs> oh, can I watch? <laughs> Remember what I said about women no, it that were was, saying that? It was just really, really funny. Like the the first show I went to, they made me laugh so hard I almost threw up. So I was like, okay, this is really funny. Second one was, it was a little bit different because they did a different story. They did different stories. Second one wasn't as funny. It was just like a different type of story, but it was still funny too. I just like to laugh and I like to hear other people's perspectives on, you know, their jokes and stuff like that. And so, you know, we had a good time. And yeah, so that's... I guess that's all for today. Uh, we do need to wrap this up because I still need to drive home. I spent five hours on the road already today. You can stay here. There's, there's a Chase Lounge right there. <laughs> that's, where, that's where the daughter is supposed to be sleeping, but she's chosen her other um, accommodations. Her other accommodation, the cardboard box out behind Sprouts. No, the boyfriend. (laughs) She's a grown daughter, so I mean it's okay. But still, I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this. I know you're technically three years older than I was when I had you, but still, (laughs) I don't, I don't know how I feel about you staying over here. But you're welcome to stay here. See, being a friend. Mm -hmm. You can stay, and I know it's probably more comfortable for you to go home, but you're welcome to stay. Well, thank it's you. a good thing thank Lenny you. doesn't have to drive because she's about to go to sleep right now. I, I, <laughs> Lenny's I been sleepy since 8 p.m. <laughs> Lenny is a very early to bed person. Yeah, I'm very much grandpa. She yes. is. <laughs> yes, she when when I was remodeling my place I live in now, I stayed with them for three weeks. Tamika begly, beg, practically begged me to stay and not move into my new place. And then one thing I didn't notice that was like every night around like seven thirty, eight o'clock, Lenny would be like, all right, I'm going to bed. I'd be like, really? <laughs> I'm even so eight. jealous. It's not even. The, I'm it's so still jealous. light outside. I don't understand. I how mean, she it's not that it. bad, but <laughs> it's it's, it's bad. not stretching the truth much. <laughs> it's not. First hey, of all, Mark, you can live with us whenever because you actually cook. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Real quick before we finish, I just cleaned so, the salsa that was left out of the trailer was it, yesterday. Was, wow. So damn was good. it like moldy? Was it still good? Oh no, it was black, man. It, it, literally, <laughs> it literally turned a black mold. Oh, gross. But I tied so, to take the trailer in to get winterized. Oh, so. my goodness. So a couple, couple, what was it, a week or two ago, one of the World Series games. This wanker. We had a here. World Series party. I said, let's bring, like, the shit you find at the ballpark. Like, I'm going to make ballpark nachos. And he's like, all right. I was like, I'll bring hot dogs. So I go to the grocery store, and I'm like, high-end, high-quality sausages or crappy hot dogs. They were the same price. I'm like, I'm getting the high-end stuff. Then I was like, I'm going to grow some onions and some jalapenos. And I'm going to, like, I made this, like, fancy spread. You make gourmet hot dogs <laughs> with, like, 
non franken meats. Yeah. And I'm over here with the cheese that comes out of the can, <laughs> which is what you use to make ballpark nachos. Yeah. You got to add water to it. You know what I mean? Add some jalapeno juice. Like, I know you didn't know that jalapenos have juice, but they do. You know what I mean? You got to stir it up and make sure it's not lumpy. And this guy is like sauteing sausage <laughs> with <laughs> all of these and like baked beans and like and I'm like bitch what <laughs> what ballpark are you going to you get a one dollar hot dog so someone else that bread. sees it the way I see because every time I talk to Mark about food he's always got some like gourmet in con- inline connection to some authentic <laughs> shit and it's always like <laughs> two blocks away I'm like what the my thing is, my thing is I can show up that way. Like, this is like, you know what? That was that was the equivalent of us showing up and he's in a tux and I'm in jeans. That's not fair. <laughs> Let me know that that's how we're rolling out that night because I will show up in a ball gown. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't know we were making real food because I have a bomb-ass nachos recipe, but nah, he was trying to... I think you were trying to outdo me. No, I wasn't. It literally was standing there at the at Kroger going, I'm still angry. these are the same price. I'm going to get the better ones because these are going to taste better. That he was the whole decision. tell anybody, FYI, I'm making gourmet-ass hot dogs. <laughs> then I would have been like, all right, I'm going to make some gourmet-ass nachos. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, it's, all right. Know it's all right. Next you can I'll make up that. for it when you do this baking for Lenny. <laughs> you know what? The, the, the real truth is that I don't bake like that for her because she's the baker. But I'll make of some. Of course gumbo. she is. Oh. But I'll make some. Of course gumbo. she is. Try to make some. She this probably bakes in those little wooden shoes. Oh no, no, that's not. <laughs> <laughs> that's misplaced racism. Hold on. Okay. Right, right. Look, she. I. I sat there. I bought a, this nice cut of meat that had been marinated in a Cabernet Sauvignon for I don't know how long. Season. Da 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 da. I come home and this woman had just thrown it in the slow cooker. I was like, did you did you season it? She's like, nah, it's already seasoned. I'm like, no, no, that's, in Blacklandia, we don't call that seasoning. That's just the marinade, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm like, you gotta season it. You gotta, you know, maybe add a little flour to it. You gotta brown both sides and the edges. Yeah. And then you throw it in there and you look, let it just, Mm, cook so it falls away from the bone. She didn't do any of that. Yeah, you got to know where to go when you're making certain stuff. Like when I wanted to learn how to make really good mac and cheese, like the kind of mac and cheese that'll just kill you in one sitting, yes. I went mm-hmm. on YouTube and I tried to find the ghetto-ass dude, the ghetto-ass yes. dude who'd lived yes. in the hood who's like, this is Uncle Max mac and cheese, yo. Like, this is the best <laughs> shit in the hood. Everybody that come to my place, the- come for my mac and cheese. I made that shit. Everybody's like... What the fuck is this? This is the best <laughs> fucking mac and cheese I ever had. I was like, it's you think big, man. He lives down there on 8 Mile. Foil back. <laughs> yeah. You pull that aluminum foil back and the mac is still on the aluminum foil that yeah. was pulled back and you got to scrape it off? Yep. That's legit mac and cheese. His, the way he did proportions was great. He's like, you get about this many bags. <laughs> 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 it wasn't ounces. It wasn't cups. He's like... 
<laughs> go to Kroger. Many. You go to Kroger. You get this many bags, bro. And then gets like, okay, so three. It looks like sixteen ounce. Bag. I'm trying to like white it. Like, okay, I think that, I'm trying to figure out his measurements. He's like, you put about this much of this shit in, and then he's just mixing it. In, and I'm like, okay, so I grab my hand and I do this. Like, but it, it came out really good though, because I knew where to go for some good mac. Hell yeah, you go to an old black man for good black oh, and cheese. Mm-hmm. You don't even go to a black woman. You go to an old mm-hmm. black man for a black wo- for a good ass pie. You go to an old mm-hmm. black woman. Ooh. Now I want your mm-hmm. gumbo. My gumbo is everything. Uh, I'm, I'm. You know what I'm. That is not on. right, man. You can't be bringing I'm gonna, up gumbo no, and shit. I'm gonna send. I'm gonna send you some. <laughs> I am gonna. You have a commitment for me right now to send you some gumbo. And do you know how delicious it's going to be? By the you're going to make me cry. Food? I swear to God. You are going to cry. You are going to cry. And you're going to have to get the right amount of right. See, this is friendship. <laughs> Shipping some Gum. damn gumbo. You don't know I'm a- where I'm at right now inside. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a kind of fat happy that can't even be the words. <laughs> even extra- I'm not sharing this shit with nobody. Jackson, what's in the box? <laughs> Nothing. It's a head. It's a movie seven. Don't even fucking open it. I used to make my gumbo for my students when I was a classroom teacher. And my students were like, you're the best teacher ever. <laughs> ever. You made us gumbo? I'm like, I love you and you're going to do all your work, aren't you? They're like, yes, I will. I'll do anything for you. <laughs> so I'm going to send you some of my gumbo. It's not award winning because I don't share my gumbo with anyone but my family and friends. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So actually just my friends because... I don't think I've ever made gumbo for my family <laughs> outside of my house. <laughs> but yeah, that's coming. That that sounds amazing. I haven't had gumbo in quite a while. Like, well, no, I had some in July, but I know it's not going to be as good as yours. Wait, you had gumbo in July? When I went to New Orleans. No. Any true gum Creole <laughs> person does not make gumbo in the summertime. That's how no. I know your gumbo sucked. Well. Now I know that. <laughs> yes, you gotta wait till it's cold. That don't ever. Uh, eat it, it's cold here. It's cold here for five months. <laughs> <laughs> I get really sad. <laughs> I know. Well, <laughs> won't be sad as soon as I'm eating on some delicious Dude, gumbo. I see a return address to make his name on it. I'll run to. The, I'll run the 150 feet to the end of the drive. <laughs> <laughs> And the best part is, if it's coming to Michigan, it'll stay cold. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I know. I got to figure out how to send, like, freeze right there. I'm going to do the research. I'm going to do the research so it comes and it's not. Because I do seafood. Go, you eat seafood? I do eat seafood. All right. There we go. All right. Because it's got to come to you and not kill you. (laughs) It'll be like, next week. Oh, (laughs) believe me. The stuff I do to this body, it's going to be fine. Not a problem. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, how old is that sushi? Three days? Sorry. <laughs> 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 and I get the crap sushi too. Like, you, I, man, when I used to go Gas to California, station sushi. Yeah, we're all oh, worse. You mean that'll make excellent sushi? <laughs> no, they're starting. No, they're they're starting to now. But you got you got to go into like trendy, higher end neighborhoods to get really good stuff like that here. It's not like yeah. when I went to California the first time and visited Mark out there. I was like, you guys got sushi, good sushi at oh, strip malls. Good sushi at a strip mall, oh, man. I'm like, and it's like three dollars. It was so cheap. I was like, man. Second day I came into this one place, is the smile because I was like, I'm about to wreck shop. 
Because uh, here, here we found one place that had it that was good. And me and my friend Dave and my brother-in-law spent $430 in one meal. One meal on That's sushi. That's because you don't eat sushi hungry. You have to go half full. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to drop some cash unless you're in California. Yeah. Well, I used to go to that all-you-can-eat buffet sushi place. I don't do buffet sushi. It, it's good I'll go they, with you. They'll make it for you. I'll go with it's you. All you can eat. All you can eat sushi. I don't mm-hmm. trust it. Oh, they'd mm-hmm. kick me the fuck out. <laughs> they I don't would trust kick it because there are too many rats in Houston. I just. There's not in Houston. Like, in oh. Cali. Oh, where? That place where Denver took us. Oh, in Cali. Oh yeah, I, I would eat all. They have all in Cali. Oh man. Oh yeah. yeah. There's you, a place in San Diego too. Mm. The little sushi would just come by on a little tray, and you're like, "Yes, that one. No, not that one." That and them taco trucks, man. When yeah. I would when I would order at the taco truck, they would look at me like, "You got friends? Is that for you?" What? <laughs> I like see, yes. And then you start coming up with all the stories, like, "Well, you know, I'm I'm, I'm buying enough for lunch, a couple of, couple of dinners, and tomorrow and things." And you're like, "It's all for me right now." I'm just like, "I'm gonna eat it all," but that's tacos. Heck yeah, it is tacos. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was brilliant. Well, okay, now that well, you got me super hungry, thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. Go get some, you know, leftover salsa there. Ew, black mold. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, I have the slightest twinge of like, no, no, it's too far. It's too far. <laughs> uh, anyways, thank you to Mika and Lenny for being on this episode with us. Very, very much appreciate it. Thank you for the fantastic, awesome conversation. We're going to send Lenny a uh, No Country for Old Mark and Juan pillowcase. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least it's not Sea Predator out. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I still have like feelings like one day, that one day, if we get enough people listening, that dude's going to find you, Mark. And uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you notice I'm like redirecting it towards Mark. Remember, he runs the shit. I'm just the co-host. Yeah, and I live in Texas, so mm-hmm. lax gun laws. <laughs> <laughs> Got to protect myself from Seahawk Predator. <laughs> I have. To, I, oh, I never showed you the picture. I'll have to show you guys the picture. Anyways, thank you everybody for listening. It was a blast. Seahawk Predator out. Horrible friend. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sexy as fuck. <laughs>